This week on the Jock and Nerd Podcast, it's all MCU as we review Loki Season 2 and the Marvels. Geek boner! Plus, new release dates for upcoming Marvel movies, one last Hollywood strike update, and more. All in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Monday, November 13th, 2023. Hi, this is Gilbert Gottfried, and you're listening to the Jock and nerd podcast. Why? I don't know. Check. Check one. All right. This is Roy Crabs out there. Let's give it up. That's right, give it up. Give it all up. What's up, listener? Thanks for pressing play. Welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we give you comic book and superhero TV and movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose. Jock and Nerd. Uh, my name is Imran. I forgot my line. Line. Hello. My name is Anthony. He's the jock. He's the nerd. Where's the script? It'll be next time. Where's the script editor when you need one? Jesus. Uh, also joining us. Our very own flirkin with a merkin. Uh, it's rug boy. <laughs> yeah, my pubic hair fell out because I drank a lot of fucking laundry detergent. Uh, what? Yeah, don't ask. You do it eating Tide Pods. What? what yeah. Tide Pods. Yeah, Listen, when you're uh, when you run out of booze, you got to look for something else. Yo, you got? And, te- uh, do you get tentacles coming out of that slack hole like some hentai? No, I don't have. No? <laughs> I have testicles. Oh, okay. But I do wear American, yeah. I do wear fake pubes. Yeah, just imagine Rick Boy with a pubic wig. What kind of pubic hair do you think I have? I think it's like long and shaggy and bright pink. I don't know. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, what, is it in the shape of a uh, of like uh, Albert Einstein's mustache, or is it more like Hitler's <laughs> <It's> mustache? <laughs> yes, it's in the shape of a Sam. Uh, what's that dude's name? Sam Elliott, you're talking Sam about. Sam Elliott. It looks like a Sam Elliott yeah, mustache. Yeah, I got the Sam Elliott pubes. Yeah, his, that's his right. Merkin. What, what kind of Merkin do you think he, he would have if he had to have one? Oh, jeez. This is I something he wants to think about. <laughs> yeah, not, I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> I'm just flirking around. Now, Never mind. Now, what are you experiencing, Anthony, uh, more often than not? Are you experiencing pubes or lack of? Lack thereof? Oh, boy. What's the trend? What? <laughs> <laughs> you when you're... <laughs> <laughs> well, he's the one coming personally. Like, a, a, like if I not look your downstairs, own pubes, not your own pubes, <laughs> but when you encounter pubes, when you, <laughs> what format are they in? Yeah, is it, what is the current trend in society? Yeah, like, what's acceptable these days? Uh, uh, I would say uh, <laughs> this is a weird way to start. This is a great way. I would say it's a, it's a more clean shaven than not. Okay. If, but here's the thing: a lot of times there's there's times when you go out and the girl wasn't prepared to come home that night with somebody so then oh. sometimes you deal with you got to deal with things wow well, not that it's too bad that's like but- a that's like a nod to you because you've managed to get them even though they're not in them they were not prepared they had not they were well, either, think- either they were not prepared or that's what they do <laughs> or that's <laughs> like you think it's a cop-out they're like oh i wasn't prepared but this is how i usually i like to think they just weren't prepared it yeah. makes me feel better. That's why you got to have the Manscape 2.0. Use our promo code, listener. Jocket. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Boo. Uh, I originally <laughs> thought in, uh, in run. I thought Ruggs was asking me what I was doing downstairs. <laughs> oh, 
Well, I know that your your downstairs looks like Monica Rambeau in a headlock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. More like Brie Larson in a headlock. So, okay, yeah. Okay. Think about that. All right. Well, look. <laughs> a leg lock, yes. Okay. <laughs> now that we've fouled your mind with these visuals, listener, let's actually get to some stuff here. The Jock and Ned Podcast. Should we do a spoiler alert? Spoiler alert. Uh, writer strike and actor strike is over. They're both over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is our last Hollywood strike update segment ever. Yes. Oh my God. Last Thursday. What do we get? What do we get for this? Uh, I'll tell you what we get. Uh, they just voted eighty six percent to uh, ratify this new deal. It's a one point one billion dollar contract that they got. Uh, ending this uh, actor strike of 118 days, the longest actor strike in history. They get minimum wage of 7% in the first year. It's a three-year deal. They have AI protections that require consent for performers getting digital scans on each film. Uh, studios must get consent from an estate if an actor has died. The studios wanted to be able to use dead actors and then not let their estate or family know or pay them compensation and then just like use them in CGI. So they stop that. And then for the first time, it says here a streaming participation bonus that's worth an estimated $40 million per year for successful streaming shows. There's a bunch of other stuff like pension, health plans, background performance, get higher compensation uh, and all this other stuff. It's a long thing. Uh, the AI language was a little bit stronger in this than what the writers had. So they really uh, took care of like if they use scans for background actors, for A-list actors, all of it. They have to let them know and get consent and compensation. So you can Google and search and read. It's a long document, but it's over, people. The national nightmare is over. For that? three years. For three years until... Until the next contract negotiation. Until the next thing pops up that actors are like, oh, wait, we didn't think of that. We need Until to be- they just completely like decide to go uh, AI for everything. Yeah, they're just like, we're not going to use you at all. Or even until next year when IATSE, which is the crew, their contract Ooh. is up. IATSE union. Oh. The crew Yatsi. union. Yatsi. Uh, their contract is up next year. So they're going to have to go through a similar reckoning as these the directors and writers the directors didn't do shit. Their their thing went through right away. I guess they weren't as stringent. But anyways, how's everybody? Is everybody happy now? We can move on. Production yeah, can begin. Yeah, we can get some stuff filmed and yeah, yeah it'd be good. It, you know what? And they took advantage of this so quickly. This It got Thursday. Last Thursday, the strike ended. Friday night, Jimmy Fallon has Tom Hiddleston, Brie Larson talking about Loki and the Marvels. Uh, oh, yeah. you, Disney couldn't wait to send them right away. There. Yes, they were like, go. And so I was like, oh, they can promote this movie now. Uh, too little too late. I, yeah, I don't think it's going to help. We'll get into that. But what does happen is we have new Marvel movie release dates. Now that production can begin, Deadpool 3 is moving from May 3rd of next year to July 26th, 2024. So it's moving back, which uh, a few a few months. Captain America 4, Brave New World, pushed back from February 2025, pushed back to February 2025, and then Thunderbolts moves from December 2020, 2024 to July 2025. 
And the Blade reboot is now going to open late 2025, November, if that ever gets made. I heard that the new Captain America movie has like a lot of reshoots going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. This is why some at one point people were speculating it was farther in production. It could have moved up. Deadpool takes Captain America's date, I think, and Captain yeah. America moved, right? I just saw the Captain America has reshoots potentially scheduled from June or excuse me, January to maybe April or May of this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. It's extensive. That's well, a lot. There, there's some rumors. So there's the, the rumor that it tested badly with audiences, yep. which is possible. There's also the fact that they were on strike, so they got to fucking redo it. Like they got to do this. They got to put the. They got to film the shit. And yeah, they got to film the more stuff. Yeah. There's also the rumor out there that there's a big plot line tied to, and we I think we talked about this earlier, tied to Israel. Yeah. And they might have to, and that might be why they have to reshoot a lot of this shit. Oh shit! So, oh, I think there was shit. an Israeli superhero. Supposed Sabra. To be in the there's a yeah. character named Sabra, which that is it, what I, that's what uh-huh. I think is potentially part of why that's, it's not yeah. testing well. Is yeah. like, oh, this is we. Sh- uh, I don't know if we should be including this right now. Yeah, I think type thing. It's probably hits a little too close to home. They were not expecting that. That's gonna it's gonna shake things up a bit. Jeff Snyder mentioned all that on his, the Hot Mike podcast. Um, the test screenings were not well, and they cut three key sequences. And then, yes, all those reshoots. And then the Sabra thing is also kind of interesting. So all of those, it, it makes sense. They're, they're going to need to. Well, you know what, though? It's good that, uh, you know, Mar- uh, we'll talk about it later, but Marvel kind of needs a break. And this whole thing has, you know, even though they've changed leadership, a lot of the stuff that's come out has been still helmed or was started by the old leadership. The old new now yeah. we're going to new old leadership with yeah. Iger, but um, I think one movie from Marvel is good for next year. That's the thing with this next year we get Deadpool three, the only Marvel movie, and Echo in January is I think the only uh, show really done and scheduled to come out. So I think we need a breather. I think like we talked last week, how do you fix this? Is you really just need a long break? to regroup and make it special again. And this strike and all this may have forced their hand to do this. So it could work out. We will see. But yeah, Deadpool, only MCU movie in 2024. It's crazy. Play that. Play the clip. Uh, this, oh, that's the wrong this is going great. It's crazy. No, that one. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> it's very crazy. So, but uh, everything is going to uh, start going into production. So we'll, there's still going to be a big gap. This is good, as we see. Uh, listener, let us know what you think. Join this conversation. Join our Facebook group. It's a lot of fun. It's called Jock and Nerd Nation. Jock and Nerd! It's a closed, exclusive group just for you. Chop it up in there. Geek out. Okay, we got two big MCU things on the small screen, on the big screen. Loki, we're going to start with the Loki season two finale. Uh, here are your spoiler alerts. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. time. This is the 10th Disney Plus season of television marvel has given us and the first second season of any one of these shows uh we did talk about the first episode anthony you want to uh well i i don't know how you want to do i will we'll go through the details of the finale and what it means and where it leaves us but you want to catch us up yeah what happens in what happens in loki season two up until this finale oh loki season two is about the time stream or uh the branch timelines going all over the place, getting crazy, and there being conflicting ideas on how to handle it. But the big thing is 
the time variance authority cannot is not uh, able to control the branching timelines, and because of this, it is actually erasing all of existence. So Loki and the crew need to figure out a way to. They need to figure out what to do with this, either to keep it going, to trim it, to. They need to figure out how to handle this situation. Let's just put it like that. All because of what Sylvie did at the end right. of in last season. season. Yeah. And this uh, second season kind of acts as like a second half of the story from first season, from the first season, really. It's a nice two parter. And uh, we saw, we see a lot of time travel. You hear a lot of gobbledygook words like temporal loom and a throughput multiplier and a oral extractor. A lot of sci-fi, a lot of great production design. Let's just get to the episode six. Which yeah, we'll talk about episode. I mean, we can just talk about yeah, episode six because it all ties in everything. It, it it does in a nice little neat package, sort of. Does it? I found it very emotional finale. It's titled "Glorious Purpose," which is interesting because the very first episode of the first season also titled "Glorious Purpose," bringing the Perfect. whole thing into a loop. How did this uh, uh, finale hit you, Anthony? At the end. Watching this whole season. I don't know if this is a hot take. Probably not. This is the best show Marvel's ever put out. Oh, shit. That's kind of a hot take. Really? And this is not only one of the best shows. It's one of the best things they've done. Oh, snap. And there's a number of reasons. But number one, this season, and I heard this after, was one of the only projects they've had that had no reshoots. They didn't really fuck with it. Oh, yeah. Just let them do their thing. Interesting. Okay. And... Unlike a lot of the Marvel shows that usually start out hot and peter towards the end because they don't know where they're going and they're fucking with it the whole time and tinkering with it, they let this team do what they wanted and they had an ending in mind for not only this season, but to wrap up both seasons and a place to take Loki and they let them do it. And it actually makes, in my opinion, the earlier episodes much better. It actually, that is what a finale should do. And Ruggs Mensch asked this a couple weeks ago, or maybe a week ago. He's like, do we want to see Loki redeemed? And I don't know if I wanted to see Loki redeemed, but this show gave me something I didn't know I wanted, which was Loki realizing the throne Mm. and realizing what it takes to be a god. And any good story is about a character evolving over time. And Loki in this season... And if you combine last season, plus all his history, went from this god that wants to enact his will all of people over people because he has something to prove to his father. He wants to do it for selfish reasons, yeah. Along with you know, for his father, to to the end, having a chance to having his friends realizing he has friends and realizing what he can do to maintain his friends, but then having an opportunity at the throne and realizing I can finally get the throne, but I don't want it, but I have to do it because this is what a hero has to do. Sacrifice. And it is not about my will over people, but it is the, about the wills of every person in every single timeline, getting a chance to have something. So it ends with him sitting on the throne when he doesn't want it and not being able to enjoy his friends because he knows it's the right thing to do. He realizes he's a God and he realizes what it really means to be a hero. 
which is sacrifice. And it was fucking awesome. That's well said. I mean, and he was always a god, right? But then now he was he, always a god, but he was never he was a god in name only. Yeah. Now he's the god of stories. Yeah. He literally but He has to sit there by himself. Yeah. Similar to Spider Man in No Way Home, where he has to give up his love life. He has to give it all up because that's what a hero has to do. Loki has to he finally gets everything. He has it. He has his friendship. He has everything. And he's gotta give it up. And he's gotta give it up. I mean, it is a fantastic character arc for this. He's the only Loki. one that can go out there and do this. Yeah. I Hiddleston mentioned on the Fallon show, he's like, I was cast 14 years ago. So he's been in like six movies and 12 episodes. And what a journey. And well, and Loki is the only character that's gotten two journeys. Yeah. Yeah. And, he's, and they both work. They killed, they've him, killed him twice. Yeah. They've killed him plenty of times, but they kill him in, th- in Endgame or Infinity War. That works as a journey. They bring him back. They have him sit on the throne. That also works as a journey. Yeah, it's pretty dope. Uh, so, Ruggs, I loved it. Ruggs, were you satisfied? How'd this hit you? Oh, I thought that the uh, final episode was very good. I thought it was a good finale. It was emotional, and it had a little bit of a punch to it. And I did ultimately enjoy the show. I also, there's a the fact that there's multiple timelines that the evil Loki could still be out there. So that's also a possibility somewhere out there. Yeah. So we don't necessarily have to trade one for the other. Um, so yeah, I did like it. I liked it a lot. I thought it was uh, emotionally good. It was poetically good. Um, I still don't know everything that was going on. I still don't understand half the shit that happens in the show. I do have some questions and yes, I'll agree. Some of it was a little confusing. But overall, it felt right. So, like, the fact that he mastered how to move through time is cool. Yeah. And that he spent multiple years trying to figure this out. It makes it, even though that, like, um, it gets resolved in one episode, it feels like a lot more went into it. Well, I mean, technically, in, in the time that he spent is is contracted. So, yeah, let's go through it a little bit. I thought the episode was wild and also, yeah, very emotional. And I was like, that th- it's it's very inventive. The production... Not it- only emotional, sorry. Yeah. Just starting to interrupt. Yeah. But one of the more... Um, I like when Marvel... When Marvel's really rolling, it's also very philosophical. It's deep. Right. It's a you know, it's the themes of a conversation of free will, free will versus fate, what you choose to do, control your story. But this I feel like every episode been getting better and better and uh it really did build to a great climax. I love how in the beginning the Marvel logo is played backwards and then we get kind of uh lots of time travel as Loki tries again and again to stop the loom from exploding and tries to go back earlier and earlier because they keep running out of time. And yeah, you just mentioned he said they show you that he spent centuries learning fucking science and uh, quantum m- mechanics uh, to get the throughput multiplier working, which was crazy. But did he? It didn't really seem like he was that much more haggard. I wish they had played that up that he had spent it's been centuries all of a sudden. No, well, he's not haggard because he keeps just going back to a younger version of himself. Oh, oh. So he's not re- so yeah. See this time travel. The rules of this time travel get a little yeah. The crazy time travel also, rules when you right? play it up against everything else don't make a ton of sense, but it works in this story. I love the little detail how you know uh, 
Tom, Victor Tomley's little gadget that he needs to attach that little ball looks like the pod that Kang had uh, in Ant-Man, the giant pod. It's like a little version of that. Uh, and then we find out that it, the, the, the thing was always supposed to explode. They, they stabilize the loom and it explodes because you cannot scale for infinite. As uh, Victor Timely explains. So then Loki goes back to the moment where I think we're all thinking the whole time. Why don't you just go back to, and stop Sylvie from killing he who remains? Which is kind of finally they got there and it was brilliant. And that whole thing was also really interesting. What do you think of that? The fact that he couldn't do it. He couldn't kill her. And then he couldn't kill her. No. He couldn't kill her. But he was, he's still trying to find a way to stop her. But it's impossible because in that point. He, she won't. There's no way she'll ever reason with him. Yeah, and we find out that he who remains. This was, like I said, this was the plan the whole time. I feel like he could have just stranded her in a dimension that he, she couldn't get out of. But oh, he could have sent her somewhere. Yeah, but that would have been a, a solution. There you go. And then we but. we end up with like another <laughs> version of the end of season one, and just this this reveal that he uh, he who remains has been caused because you know they never explained why Loki started time slipping. We find out they explain it. This is all he who remains plan, and uh, they do a little edge of tomorrow thing where he's like, "How many times have we had this conversation?" Oh yeah, it is an edge of tomorrow. You know, it's totally that kind of time travel where you go back over and over again. Uh, but this was all his plan, and he we're back to like you either got to kill me and take over, or you either got to take over or kill me, and the multiversal war happens. Back to the beginning. No, well, no, the, the no, the, those aren't the options. It's not that anymore. It's either kill Sylvie. Oh, right. Or the universal collapse on itself because the loom is a failsafe. Oh, just used to protect the sacred timeline. See, this is where yeah. it got kind of muddy. I was like, okay, so wait, what does that mean exactly? It was all it it it, it was always going to so prune it means everything. The, it means, one. Yeah, it's always going to prune everything. So yeah. if it got too out of control, it would pr- kill everything off, and then it would just erase all of existence. So the, those the option the only option that Kang gave them is basically protect the sacred timeline, or you also like everything dies. I I just I still for the life of me, don't understand why the timeline, the TVA needs to exist at all. Because the time time exists with, in spite of them. Right? So, like, they don't need... The TVA is instrumental for time existing, and the fact that they're pruning timelines to keep a sacred timeline is basically, in this story, not what they want. They want the other timelines to exist. But they what want, they want, the, they want the- these... They want these multiple time streams to go through the loom though because then they can be managed i don't know that's where you lose me so are you saying like why does the tva exist after or in this situation prior to like why do we need the tva i can understand why kang would create the loom right Mm -hmm. because he wants to control time right but when you get to with when you get down to the nitty-gritty Time doesn't need to be controlled. It exists without without the TVA. It exi- it's going to exist in spite of it. All these multiple timelines are going to exist, and they're going to do what they do. Um, so then you don't need a TVA necessarily. But I think Kang engineered it so that he did engineer it to go through the loom. So, and the loom, because it's going through the loom, it's going to collapse on itself. So, you're because right, the, the loom t- exists, because the loom exists, it. The loom is going like to a fuck bomb. up time. It's like it detonates yeah. it. Yeah. Right. 
so but the TVA yeah if he didn't the TVA didn't need to exist until Kang created it but in the situation before we get to the end end of it the TVA is pretty much useless it's like putting a dam on a river the river's there it's running ah okay yeah and then they create the TVA which has to like to control the stream m- moderate the stream yeah but if it breaks loose it'll just go back to its natural state like it does it the only but, it, but but it'd be like putting it'd be like if it breaks loose the dam has um oxygen destroyer in it and pulls well like it it's like out. in superman they've built a city where the where all the water used to be and now <laughs> all those people are gonna die right at the bottom of the dam yeah great place to build the city yeah uh, well so but that kind of happens right so in this loop that in this loop the loom was always supposed to explode and like timely and ob each taught each other like that was the loop he would always get the book that obi wrote but obi wrote the book because victor timely wrote it because he got it from him uh i'm not gonna think about it too much anyways the end is wild i love this whole end bit where loki realizes his sacrifice locks himself out goes out into the temporal loom he gets that new costume with the new horns that looks like it's made from the same material uh the citadel was made of and there's all these dead branches, dead timelines, and he grabs them, he turns them green, and goes, and then a throne is built. Oh, it's it's fucking epic. The music in this part is amazing. Well, the Not music that, is amazing. The yeah. music is awesome, yeah. and 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 the CGI looks fantastic. Yeah, it actually looks great, and I think a lot of the reason for that is the movie's not the show's not tinkered with so they they had the one they didn't have to redo everything last second you know what that's funny you say that because i just found these two articles on comicbookmovie.com one of them is so the creator of the show is michael waldron and he wrote a bunch but then eric martin is the head writer of the second season Mm -hmm. um and he says they changed episode three kevin feige personally Changed what they were going to do in episode three, but probably in pre-production before they started shooting, that was going to be uh, a side mission with Ravona and Miss Minutes. And then also something about episode five, their original episode five, he says was nuked, quote unquote. Uh, but at what stage is unclear. If this was early, then. Well, there, there's also an interview where he's quoted as saying, so I don't know where that's from. But there's yeah. also one where a video interview where he said this, there was nothing touched. Really? Yeah, Eric Martin, the same guy, the writer. Yeah, uh, interesting. So I don't know, but you, whatever it is, yeah, you, there, I can, you can certainly tell that there was because even the, you know, the the music and the, yeah, the the distinct visual style and the, like again the story wrapping up where now you go oh like they had an ending in mind for this and like it's not like they started with where they had an idea for a story they already had where they wanted to go. It was just getting there. So it, that's like an awesome finale, right? Yeah, a good yeah. finale is like, we knew we were going to end in this place. Like not like game of Thrones, right? Where we didn't fucking know where we were going to end or like a lot of the things that crumpled towards the end. It's like, we don't know. We just kept making stuff, but we had no idea, no plan. They knew exactly where they wanted to go. They wanted to redeem Loki and make him a hero. Yeah. Yeah. No, they just had to get there. And it is like it almost ends like a, a series finale, like the end of Loki, and it's tragic and sad. But you know, like you said, he gets what he wants, but he makes a sacrifice. And I mean, you you even I know you didn't you you even glossed over. There's some good shit with like him talking to Sylvie before, and like she's like, "You want my permission to kill me?" Oh, well, yeah. it's not gonna happen. Yeah, she's like, "I'm or, like him talking to Mobius." Yeah. Oh or, yeah. Like he's 
he's um he goes back his for new advice. version but he talks yeah. to old mobius yep. and even then he realizes that mobius without being his friend is like a fucking good guy and like couldn't kill a child yeah. or couldn't prune a child oh, like there's yeah. just so many like good little conversations yeah he tells that story about him uh, yeah that they couldn't prune a child well, he couldn't, but well, Ravona could. Yeah, well, that's right. Because he's basically like, how do you decide who lives and who dies, right? As he's contemplating what he has to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but, man, so now he's in this tree. It's the tree of Yidrasil. life. From, yes, how do you say that? Yidrasil. Yidrasil, the tree of life from Norse mythology, connects all the nine realms. Uh, so we see him sitting there, but then they give us a bunch more. So here's where all everybody ends up. The TVA is still around. And this is where I was confused. They're keeping tabs on the variants of who remains. And now those variants don't know that the TVA exists at all. They mention what happens in Ant-Man 3. They mention that the 616 Kang variant was taken care of, right? They show us young Victor never gets the handbook through the window. They show us Ravona in the void, as Eliath approaches her, and then you notice there's a pyramid in the background, but we don't see what happens to her exactly. Uh, they show us Mobius going to visit his variant on the branch timeline, playing with his kids. And Sylvie shows up, and she's like, "All right, well, see you around." I don't know where she's going. He's like, "She's going to McDonald's." Yeah, she probably yeah, she just wants to live her life. Yeah, she's like, "I'm out," and he's like, "I'm just gonna hang out here, spend some time." And then it, time pass. Yeah, I want time to pass. And then it shows us one final shot of Loki is now the god of stories sitting in the middle of the tree. And he looks he looks he's, kind he's, of happy, but not. No, he's got a tear shedding because yeah. he can finally see everything. He can see everything and he can see Mobius being like a variant of Mobius getting a chance to live a fun, like a good life. So he so he is now is he like the most powerful being? Is he like the beyonder almost? Is he can see all these realities? Is he controlling them? Did did the king? How did the king variant still occur? I have so many questions. How do they still well, the exist? Thing is, the thing is, um, I don't think Loki is going to interject because now his whole spiel is, and Sylvie told him this, like to paraphrase, is just you have to let let life play out. Oh. regardless of the consequences you have to let it play out so he's like the watcher now he's just gonna sort of but he's i mean he's not even gonna interfere with kangs because you have to let it play out but how did that but but how did the kangs happen if victor timely never gets the handbook because there's so many very there's so many timelines in the other universes okay yeah. okay and again it's just about letting again letting life play out regardless of the consequences you have to let yeah it it'll eventually happen again at right. some point you can't interfere you can't play god that's that's the best part of it. He's finally a god, and he's, he can't do he can't anything. Do anything. Not, he just has to sit there. But that he doesn't. He that's what a hero does. Yeah, yeah. It's a fucking awesome heroic journey. It is. It's an epic heroic journey from his. And you know, he even says the same lines. I'm doing this for you, for all of us. He says that right in Thor, but as in a selfish way. Uh, and here he says it in a non-selfish way. A lot of great full circle moments. Uh, Rugs, if this is the end of Loki, did it seem like we were going to see him again? Do you want to see him again? Are you satisfied if this is the end? I think if it ends here, it's good, but I I don't think it's going to end here. I think they're going to be like, oh, people like this. Let's make more. So I hope, it, I hope it's I'm over. sure that um, they're going to do the ill-advised things of continuing this. Well, because remember, at the end of the first season, Th- this would be this would be on par. I know it won't seal feel the same, but this would be on par. Bringing back 
Tony Stark. Like, don't do it. Oh shit! You got you, you got You're so Stark. desperate. But you can you can kind of see how you could tie into Secret Wars and stuff, right? If he's controlling all these multiverses and sees everything. I don't know. It's it, yeah. Maybe they let him rest for a while. It's a shame he doesn't get to uh, meet I think his brother. I, saw, I don't know if I saw this. I saw somewhere on YouTube where the title, when maybe he was getting interviewed or something, was like Tom Hiddleston's done with playing Loki for a bit. Oh shit! I mean, again, like I said, it's been fourteen years. He's played this character for fourteen years, uh, and he's done an incredible job. Any other standout performances? I mean, I thought everybody was great. Everyone, Kihu Kwan. Kihu Kwan is great. Uh, Sophie DiMartino as Sylvie. Yeah, just it was just Owen good. Wilson, solid. It's just yeah, just very good, very well paced. Let me ask you guys this: Did they finally use the six episodes well in one of these fucking things? Yeah, yeah, right. Well, you know why? Because it's twelve. That's true. It really was two halves of a story. Yeah, right? at the end of season one, they're like Loki will return season two. You notice they don't say anything. There's no talk of a season three. So. Yeah, it's just good. It was just, yeah, I mean, they, this is one of those things, you know, we'll talk about the Marvels later, but this is one of those things where you go, like, just fucking, if you could do it like that, just, why are you not, doing not, it, like it doesn't that? always be like yeah. that, but just like have a, a story and have a good story well, what, and stick with it. What was the thing that happened in this show that was great was that you had a, a the character, the main character went through a journey, changed yep. and learned new things and had his own challenges that he had to overcome that were not that were outside of him. Like this TVA was thrust upon him. Like it wasn't like part of his thing. Like he was just like he ended up there and he's like, oh shit. And like all of a sudden he had to face all these different things and then he realized that he wanted to f- help be part of the solution. So that's a cool thing. It's like it, someone taking action and being active proactive in trying to do something good or to change something for the better. And that's a good character trait. Absolutely. Um, so it's, it, I mean, it's not anything that, that complicated. It's just that they don't do that, that anymore in these movies. A lot of the times they're the, um, the stories always seem to be like integral to them. And like, like this is, this is not something that's integral to Loki's lore. Like he's not in Marvel lore, like the time Lord. You know, he's the god of mischief. So this is something that they created specifically for the for Marvel. Uh, but there's the recent comic run. Also, he does become kind of the same god of stories. I think they lifted a little bit from. That. Yeah. Anything now is going to be related. Yeah. You, you can't use that. That's like well, what, what also works. I, I completely agree with rugs. I think what also works is the best heroes. I think the heroes that get super relatable are the ones that are crazy flawed, right? Because it makes them humid. Like, there's things about certain heroes where, like, for example, Superman sometimes is unrelatable because he's just so powerful. Yeah. And Loki is this character that we've gone on this journey with where, like, he was a fucking bastard before, but we understood why he was a bastard. Yeah. And he grew and changed throughout the movies and now, like, through the TV show, and we have this flawed guy that's gone through this entire journey, you know, not so different from Tony Stark, yeah. you know, who's a flawed guy, and and it just it's just much more relatable, right? Like because he's an antihero, that's yeah. why you, the, these gray characters are more interesting. Absolutely, 
And People so there's a reason why Scorsese always goes there because it's, it, it's very interesting to see somebody who doesn't always do the best thing or is a selfish person and they do find a reason to not be. Yeah, it's, it's it, human. Yeah. No, not a, we're all, no one, the best, the best stories or, and superhero stories are just reflections of humanity. Yeah, Superman is hard to because like, no one's that good. No one's right. an ideal. Well, they make these gods relatable, which is the that's the key. That's the trick, right? And they've been able to do it with some of them. Uh, yeah, there's nothing wrong with idealism. It's just that there's got to be a practicality to it and a reality to it. There's got to be some flaw or quirk that, like Spider-Man, for example, is very idealistic, but he often gets in his own way and makes things worse. Yep. So like it's just you have to you have to add a little bit more to like something like Superman. Uh, yeah, he is very easily someone who is hard to interact with because he's so different than everybody else. He's like he's like a he is like a Jesus kind of character. So um, he's holier than thou, and it's a little bit weird. It's off putting. Uh, I also thought Jonathan Majors was really good in this uh, whole thing. But did they leave it in a way that, based on how this court case comes out later in November, that they could recast him after? Like, does this have that many that big implications in the MCU overall? I feel like it kind of does. I don't, you know, I don't think they actually wrote the story or put out the story that they did with with that in mind at all. Yeah, I don't because it doesn't really do anything with that. I mean, but he, yeah, I guess this is so. I think they just, I think they, I think the story they had um, was like, I don't think they got too many cues from, at least in my opinion. Yeah. I don't think they got too many, too many cues from Marvel to be like, find a way to tie it to Secret Wars. Yeah. Right. Or do anything, any kind of like, connection. Make sure you're setting up Kang. Like, yeah. I don't think they, they used him. Yeah. But they only used him in service of this story, not in service of any other story. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, I don't really think so. I really, I really think it's just a a, a piece of a piece of of work that they that had very limited interference, and right. you can tell. Did, uh, do you think did Loki beat He Who Remains? Did he beat him? Kind of. He He won he, because he I think him. what they're getting at is He Who Remains was betting on the fact that Loki at, Loki at the end of this day is a loser, right? And he's and he's the god of mischief, and he's a selfish motherfucker, and he's always going to choose his friends or yeah. Like preserving the, the, the sacred timeline, and for the first time in his life, he gave up all of that to be a hero. Yeah, he who remains wouldn't have expected that. So that was not in his nature. Yeah. So does the loop still happen? He breaks this loop. This one I can wrap my head around. Which loop? The loop of he who remains creating himself and becoming the king's, becoming he who remains, and ending up at the end of time. Because he keeps talking about that. He's, you I know, think he breaks the um, it being guaranteed again, but it could happen. It's not no longer like a master event that happens in every timeline. Right. A canon event, as it were. I don't know. It was, you know, despite all that, despite all my questions, I did. I thoroughly enjoyed the whole two seasons. If you think of the 12 episodes, it's kind of like an Andor. Like it had all those Lokis in the first season. That was a lot of fun. I think sitting down watching all. All of them at once would be amazing. Uh, just, yeah, just wasn't expecting that. I just, yeah. I didn't want when he's out there in the space 
station or whatever the fuck yeah, it is. And yeah. I'm like, what is going on? This yeah. is, what's what's gonna, happening here? What's what does this even what does this mean? And then yeah. then you realize what happened. You're like, oh, you're like, fuck. And then the more you think about it, you're like, oh shit, gonna like, do it. They're doing something here. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, the thing moved. Like there was never any episodes that seemed filler or like they were spinning their wheels. Like it had good pace the whole time. So yeah. All right. Let's let's rate it and rank it amongst the ten, the nine other shows. Anthony. Oh, uh, it's number one. Number one. Oh shit. Oh yeah, shit. By far. They, I mean, they, they, they nailed the ending. I don't, I, there's not another Marvel show that's nailed it like so that. So this season, season two, you would put above WandaVision for you now. Oh, yeah, because WandaVision ends with a shit ending. <laughs> yeah. They yeah. didn't know what they were doing yeah. in the ending. On all they, of them. Whatever happened, yeah. they, they had to change it. They had to do something. You're right. They all, didn't. all of them kind of suffer that. All If you think about all the shows. I, I mean, has there been one finale before today, other than maybe Loki season one, which yeah. we thought was interesting, although yeah. it was more of a... You know, and it was the premiere of Kang. Yeah, I don't think we've ever been like, man, that finale was no. was awesome. They always kind of flop it, like uh, Falcon Winter Soldier like, was all messed up. All of them. Yeah, I mean, your your girl, Miss Marvel, uh, Secret yeah. uh, the Secret Invasion, Moon Jesus Knight, Christ, Moon oh, Knight. You, yeah, you can't even compare to Secret Invasion. It is like heads and tails different, better than Secret Invasion. Holy shit! All right, uh, and it doesn't end on a. I mean, there's nothing. There's no punches. There's nothing. I mean, there's, you know, he's kind of trying to stop Sylvie, but it's, yeah. that, it's not about the action. Same with the first season. It ends in the conversation. And this season kind of also, they, they do it again. It ends with there's no big You don't need superhero scene. shows no. to end, or superhero things to end with a big fight. All right. No, you just need a good story. Ruggs, what about you? How good was this story? Where would you rate it, rank it? I think it's the, probably the best uh, Marvel series. Yeah. Uh, without, without question, because... It sets out to tell the story it does. Yeah. It does it very well. And then um, it has some great music that really sets the tone. The direction is different. And you have all the major players, the big actors in there. You even had Kang, who's like the big bad they were developing, and he was in the show. So there's a lot there. So, yeah, it's easily the best Marvel show. It's consistent and... um it's not hard to see the, how this is better than everything that they've done. Yeah. Uh, as a score on a scale of one to 10, I'd probably give it an eight solid eight, uh, maybe an 8.5. It is very good. Um, I do think, I do think that um, it's strange to have a, a villain redemption story like this. Yeah. For Loki. When you have one of Marvel's greatest villains now, like a mm. good person, but like, mm. As I said, there always there isn't always a possibility of another Loki oh, out there somewhere. Oh, there's variants of everybody. All right, yeah, no, I think I think I might. I think I gotta agree with you guys. It is now jump to the top. It's the most confident, like you said. It knows where what it wanted to do, where it wanted to go, and it does it. Uh, and the, the two seasons together, you think about the whole story and the way they go. Or that's a, a solid, confident TV show. And you just think about this. It's not laden with other stuff. No. It's not trying to like be like a mouthpiece for like what's happening now in our Yeah. You know, or yeah. it's just it's telling this story, this very specific story. It's good sci fi. I always love time travel. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. You're, yeah, yeah, I didn't even think of that. It's it's not uh it doesn't have it doesn't have an agenda in yeah. that sense. It just is meant to be more like like I said earlier, philosophical. Like you think about it, you're like, what would I do in this yeah. situation? 
Yeah, I mean, the the show had bits and pieces of things mm-hmm. that were like commentary, but like it wasn't enough to like interfere with the main thrust of the show, which is is Loki a good person or not? Yeah. Or yeah. can he be a good person? And what does he want to? What is his purpose? And given the opportunity, what is he going to do? And does he want to fuck himself? Um, <laughs> and the <laughs> answers to all those yes. questions are yes. Yeah. Big resounding yes. Yes. Um, and that's interesting. Yeah. So I, I applaud them for, at least in this episode, in, in this uh, finale, in this season, that they steered clear a lot of those pitfalls. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if the TVA is in Deadpool 3. Do we see M- Mobius? Possibly. Will there be other people in the TVA? And Could be. Uh, I'm curious. And just, yeah, I, does Loki get to rest now? Uh, anyways, next for television, for Marvel, we will have What If Season 2 at the end of this year, next month, December. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And then very quickly, Echo... Uh, coming out all on January 10th next year. All five episodes. And then, I don't know what. And then we gotta wait for Deadpool 3. So, But this is a solid Marvel TV. Surprising, emotional, and uh, lots of fun. Alright, let's take a break here. Uh, we're gonna play some promos. we come back and talk about the other big Marvel thing. Of course, the Marvels on the big screen right after this. After these messages We'll be right Hey there, everyone. Brian here, host of TV Trivia Pod. It's a trivia-style podcast focusing on TV and movies. Listen in for questions like, what's the name of Michael Scott's screenplay? What do you say to view the Marauder's map? And what's everyone eating in the post credit scene of Avengers? Play along to TV Trivia Pod anywhere you get podcasts. And stay tuned for more trivia! I'm Imran. And I'm Sophia. I'm the brother. And I'm the sister. And we are watching a show about cousins. We're your hosts for Dance of Joy, a Perfect Strangers rewatch podcast. We grew up watching the 80s hit sitcom, and now we'd like you to join us every week as we rediscover our love for our favorite TV cousins, Balky and Larry. You can find our show at danceofjoypod.com and on all major podcast platforms. Now we are so happy, Sophia. We do the dance of joy. Iman, this is a podcast. They can't see us. Oh, po po. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. Listener, if you enjoy the show, the best thing you can do to support the show is join our fan club over on Patreon. Visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. Jock and Nerd. And you can give back and sign up. There's a bunch of tiers that gives benefits. You get stuff like access to an exclusive podcast feed where the shows come out early. There's bonus content. All our instant reactions for the Marvels were went up there. Uh, we also do monthly Discord hangouts. We hang out, geek out. Uh, and this month's Discord hangout, it's this week, fellas. November 16th, Thursday. Oh, I'm out. November 16th. Oh, shit. All right. Rugs, <laughs> I'm going to need you there. This Thursday, pencil. I'll do it. Pen it in. Write it in ink. Uh, join <laughs> us in other fun stuff. Anthony will have it. I'll be tired, but I'll do it. Listen, this is what we do for our fans, for our patrons. It's a fun community. Sign up today. Jockinair.com slash Patreon. 
Okay, let's get to the big Marvel movie titled The Marvels. Also came out this week. Very, very fun. A lot of geek boner. Or is there? We'll find out. Here's your spoiler alerts. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? The Marvels is the 33rd (laughs) film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Jesus Christ. 33rd film. They're older than Anthony. No. Not only that, nope. it is nope. a it's almost no almost no it's close. Catch it up to Marvels. Catch it up to Anthony. Uh, it is also a sequel to Captain Marvel from 2019. It is also a continuation of stories from the miniseries Miss Marvel on Disney Plus and WandaVision. It's a bunch of things. All right, it's a bunch of things culminating in this movie. Um, on Rotten Tomatoes right now, it, it started out uh, not fresh, rotten, but currently sitting at 62%. No, that's, that's fresh. It's fresh now. 5.9 out of 10. Critic rating. Audience score, 84%. Okay. Hmm. So that 62% puts it towards the bottom, just ahead of the Eternals. that had 47%. And A-Man 3 with 46%. And just behind Thor, Love and Thunder, another recent movie, 63%. Oh, very interesting. Okay, here's some more interesting numbers. The budget of this movie is uh, uh, reportedly $274 million, but they got a subsidy from the UK of about $55 million. So you knock like $55 million out, but that's what they spent. But they filmed in the UK and got a little tax break. So $274 million. And here's where all the headlines I'm sure you've seen. The results opening weekend. This movie uh, makes forty six million dollars domestic, Oof. adding sixty three million internationally. Currently sitting at a worldwide total of about one hundred and ten million dollars. It's still open at number one, but at four, lowest ever. Yes, at forty six million, it is officially the lowest opening weekend in MCU history. Uh, but it, it beat out. The Incredible Hulk, 2008, opened to $55.4 billion. Wow. This is kind of crazy. I bet if you change it for inflation, it'd be higher, though, wouldn't it? Yeah. Hulk would be higher. Incredible Hulk would be higher. Hulk would be higher adjusted for inflation. That is not adjusted for inflation. So a couple other stats. It is only the third Marvel movie to make less than $60 opening. And the first since Ant-Man in 2015. That opened $57 So, Yeah. That's not great. Okay. It's kind of crazy. Uh, put a positive spin on it. Uh, it does mark the best opening weekend of all time for a movie directed by a black female director. That's something. Oh, okay. Right? Sure. Not all doom and gloom. Okay, sure. Yeah. Uh, and this movie, that director being Nia DaCosta, she's the first black woman and youngest to direct a Marvel movie. She also co-wrote the screenplay with Megan McDonald and uh, Elissa Karasik. So this is an incredible girl power directed by a woman, written by three women, starring three women in the lead with a female villain. That's amazing. With all of this uh, girl power, you expect this to be the biggest movie of all time. So what happened, Imran? Well, before we get there, I mean, uh, the cast real quick, of course, Brie Larson is Carol Danvers, Tiona Paris is Monica Rambeau, the wonderful Imran Vellani is Kamala Khan. Imran Vellani. Imran Vellani is in this movie. Sam Jackson, of course, is Nick Fury. 
Zawe Ashton playing the villain Darben, who is engaged to Tom Hiddleston. This is what a what a weekend for them in that household. Nice. Both their things coming out. Uh, you got Park Siu Jun as the prince on that planet. Uh, and then Kamala's family and a bunch of other people. Um, Anthony, what happens in this PG-13 movie that oh, has a runtime of an hour 45, which is, comes in as oh, the shortest MCU movie also? Sure. Uh, well, the Marvels, Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel, and Monica Rambeau uh, somehow are linked together, entangled in their powers. And while they are entangled... They have to deal with a lady, a Cree lady, that wants revenge on Captain Marvel for reasons unknown uh, to save her own planet. And they have to stop her. Okay, let's just cut to the chase. We've all seen the articles. This movie comes in with a lot of baggage. Not only all those things I mentioned story plot-wise... Uh, it's also continuing the multiverse saga. It we are at the MCU in uh, what seems to be its lowest point. It's trendy to shit on the MCU. The box office early tracking comes in as expected, low. With all that said, we're definitely at it. The MCU. This is the would you say the lowest the point move, in terms of move, making move, sure. money, making money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The numbers we just went over. The numbers uh, tell you that's the case. With all that said, all the hate and negativity around this, Anthony, coming out of this movie, what did you think? I can understand if um, people liked this movie. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of fun to be had. I think Iman Vellani's pretty good. I think Tiana Paris is pretty likable. I even think Brie Larson is more likable in this movie. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of fun to be had if that's what you're looking for. Um, I sat and watched the movie and felt, I laughed at times, but I also felt pretty empty uh, throughout the movie. And my impression coming out of the movie, and I'll I'll get into it deeper later, um, is this movie was pretty hacked to bits. And they had potential for a much, much, much deeper story that they just didn't want to go for or they could not execute on. And because of that, they decided the best way to make, put this movie out is to just make it funny and to just zip through everything. And because of that, um, when you take a step back, in my opinion, the story really doesn't make a ton of sense. It kind of falls apart on its story and its plot. Yeah. And, um, unlike the just show we just talked about, there is no change in any of these characters. It is literally, I think Rugg said this in his re- reaction, but I also felt the same way thinking about the movie. It is literally like this week's issue of the Marvels. Yeah. Like it's a, it's one issue story. Yeah. There's nothing here. It's going to be forgotten tomorrow. It's already forgotten. So that's my impression. Okay. I did not like, I don't like this movie. Okay. <laughs> I liked some of it, but I, I overall, and I'm going to get into later. What I, how I would rewrite the movie, but yeah, I did not like okay. the movie that much. I'm going to go next, and then we'll get to you, Rugs. Now, sure, go ahead. All of what you said, Anthony, is true. Did it feel like an episode of TV? Yes. Did it feel? But it also felt like a comic book. And all your points are valid. Despite that, I, I, I'm going to give this movie an F for fun, 
I had a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. I was surprised at the end at uh, how entertained I was. I did. I had a big smile on my face for like half this movie. It is. It's breezy. It's light. I think Miss Marvel and her family is the reason I really enjoyed the movie the most. I was really looking forward to her and I'd love her debut debut on the big screen. Uh, I found her very charming. Uh, and I, 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 I like, I was like, I was like, that was pretty good. I, so I surprisingly, I did enjoy it. Well, you, we do, you, I do. Yeah. But I I went in with low expectations. That just, that helps. But I thought the three of them had great chemistry. I, I thought Brie Larson worked really well in this, in the dose that she has with the, you know, in this ensemble cast. But Iman Vellani is a fucking delight to watch. And the family is great. So. I know that some people found her found her annoying because she was always like, "Oh my god!" So yes, there, there's a little bit oh of that. My god. There's a couple of divisive scenes that I want to ask you that I think people are really going to be, uh, you know, scenes. yes, that you're either going to love or you're going to hate. Oh, rugs. Where'd you land at the end? Well, I didn't want to see this movie at all. <laughs> well, nobody did apparently. But, yeah, but I went because I had to for the show, and I was like, "Oh, this is going to be fucking torture," and sat down and I knew it was going to suck but as a piece of entertainment like that just kind of went through the motions it was breezy there was good chemistry and you know there was enough action that moved along that uh you know it didn't like pain me to watch it I I was I was having an okay time uh at the movies but if you actually stop and Look at this movie. It is a fucking hot mess. It's bad. <laughs> it's really, really bad. Now, I'll tell you the, some of the things that are saving graces. The chemistry is good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they did this annoying, even though it's very annoying, the power shifting, the fact that they minimized Brie Larson and didn't have, like, uh, didn't give an opportunity for some idiot writer to write write her the wrong way again uh, and making her an asshole. I mean, they still made her an asshole, and we'll get into that later. But like, you don't notice that she's an asshole for most of the movie because they're moving so fast and switching powers and stuff. So that worked into making this unlikable character like a little bit more likable. I mean, I liked her better in this than in Captain Marvel. That's right. Sure. Right. Well, they also it also works to depower her, right? Yes. Because so, if you if you, every time she uses her powers, you can't use them actually. Yeah, like so you, it does you, help you nerf the character, but it's it, a clever use of that trope, and I thought there was a lot of clever. Well, can I can I comment stuff? on that? Yeah, I feel like the movies actually just revolves around that, yeah, and it's it's a clever trope, yeah, but it's it's like a thirty minute TV show episode trope, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's done, it's, it's overdone. It <laughs> uh, the only part that I thought that that helped carry it was the training sequence. That montage like that. is great. Where, yeah. they, where they learn to work together. Yeah. And you're like, okay, now they're building. Now they're not they're just going to use it in a way that's useful and that we all can understand how it works and this and that. Because I think in the beginning, when they were using the powers, you're like, what the fuck is so, going on? You're confused yes. the whole time. Oh, yeah. The and po- then that scene helps a little bit. The power switching is very jarring at first. And I don't know if this is just spin, but I read in uh, Nia DaCosta in an interview. She said we did that on purpose to put you in their shoes, the jarring nature of them just jumping around. Uh, but then the fact that you have like these three fight scenes happening at the at the same time in different parts of space was kind of fun. So 
it was confusing, but then when you get to that montage scene, and then when you get to the scene at the end where they're coordinated and they know, you know, they're timing their 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 jumps, like that shit is cool. That was different. I thought that was great. Yeah, I think that uh, the only thing I could say is that if you're like an idiot seven year old, yeah. you're gonna love this movie. <laughs> but look, if you're no. a smart seven year old, yeah. you might be like, "What the fuck am I watching?" You have to be kind of idiotic to love this movie, Imran. Do you? Um, Wait. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, because it's because it is ridiculous. Like, if you look at the plot, it's ridiculous. It's yeah, but there's plot. some. Like, there, it's so bad. But there's some it's great like plot. heart and re- in the relationships. Like, you've been waiting for Monica and Carol to meet, and and but and like this, this is dumber out. than this is even dumber than Godzilla versus Kong. Okay, so what is the plot? Look, Carol. Yeah. What is? Explain to us the plot. Okay, so the plot is. That Carol evidently saw a long time ago. She fucked up this planet, this Supreme planet by the destro- Supreme Intelligence. Yeah, the Supreme Intelligence that fucking governed the whole planet. Then they had a civil war. Yeah. And that for some reason fucked with the sun. And, and the water and the, and the air, apparently. Yeah, so all the air, the water, and the sun disappeared, but there's still people living on it, like it's a space base. Yeah. Right. And there and the whole place isn't frozen over because it should be. Right, yeah. should be a completely frozen ice cube. Yeah, their sun is all fucked up, and it's got like. And then you tell it. me that Carol Danvers could have like ignited the sun again, no problem. This whole time she could have just done that, and, and she didn't do it. Yeah. Then the bad guy who's mad at Carol Danvers yeah. is searching for bracelets that if she puts them on, she just explodes. <laughs> right. So nothing in this fucking story makes any sense. So she never like went, was like, you know what? Maybe if I could try restarting their sun, at least try. Right. I fucked up their planet. Yeah, and Monica Rambeau just is like the most smartest person, the smartest person ever. She's just like, well, you just could like try. And she's like, <laughs> oh, I didn't know I could try. And she fucking lights the sun up. Then later, when Darben cracks open space and time, yeah. Monica Rambeau's like, oh, you know, uh, if you just shoot me with your powers, Let's charge, just charge I me fix up. it. Yeah. It's like, what kind of writing is this? <laughs> the ultimate self. All right, yeah. I mean, that is what, all. What, what, it's and, so and, and like, no, it's it's, it's worse. Than it's bad. a bad comic. Look, it's a bad look, comic Imran, book. There's comic books and there's fucking shitty comic books. Okay, and then like, so Darben, yeah, she has the Bengal, yeah, and she Bengal. could like save her planet, but then she's like, oh, I'm gonna put on the other Bengal. For what reason? We don't know. Why are you going to put on the other bangle? You're about to save your planet. Puts it on. <laughs> explodes. And she <laughs> she purposely fucks with Carol Danvers's planets and people that she knows. Right. So who's going to stop her? Obviously, it's personal. It's going to be the yeah. only person that can stop you. You're fucking with her shit. So she has to fucking get involved. She dies at the end. Right. Darben. She, yeah, she, yeah. she, she could have went to untold amount of planets with water with nothing living on it and just taking that water. Well, it and by the, the way. That whole plot line is like from fucking Spaceballs, where they're sucked, yes, where they're they sucking the, the environment, with the giant vacuum cleaner. Well, also, right. throw in throw in the fact that the Hala has been fine without all this. Yeah, and we're supposed to be like, oh my god, you're taking away the water. Oh my god, you're taking away the air. But it's clear on this other planet that you can live without that shit. Yeah. They've so, been there. They're yeah. there. So if so. I remember Ruggs saying this a long time ago uh, when we reviewed um, or talked about Apocalypto. Oh, yeah. similitude, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's mentioned in the book. That's another another variation of it. But 
you when he when Fahey was creating Iron Man, he was like, I know it's ridiculous, paraphrasing. Yeah. But we have to make it seem like it could happen. Yeah. There has to be plausibility was yeah. the word. Yeah. Yeah. This movie has no plausibility <laughs> all whatsoever. over the place. I mean, yeah, Darwin. We have to we have to at least believe it can happen. And you can't believe this is happening. <laughs> yeah, just, they step on their own toes. I use Godzilla versus Kong as litmus test for dumb movies that are still this fun is to not watch. That dumb. Oh, it's dumber. And it's dumber. What? It's dumber. <laughs> it's really? Dumber. It's dumber. It's, it's dumber. dumb. It's know. a dumb it really, movie. It didn't really bother me that much. I was having fun watching the f- okay, uh, fucking so fun, stupid things. Can I can yeah. I step in and yeah, talk yeah. about what I would have done? Yeah. What, how you do this? Yeah. So, first off, there's no all the. Oh, by the way, we're talking about Loki, and this is what makes me mad. Loki had a fucking awesome character arc. What is the character arc of any of the three characters in this movie? Hmm. Good point. Uh, There's no character. Okay. I think they forgive each other or something. They learn how to work as a team, and Brie Carol like forgives herself, and Monica forgives Carol for yeah, not being yeah, there. Right? Yeah. Okay, so it's like this very like, eh, like it's not really touched upon. Yeah. So what you do is you make the fucking movie about the fact that Carol destroyed the supreme intelligence yeah. and has been living with this fucking regret. Yeah. That she was this powerful being and took out, let's say, took out Saddam Hussein yeah. and it was fucking worse. Yeah. Now you've humanized this character as this person that has been like this, who thought she was doing the right thing and she made things fucking worse, right? So she's living with that. Yeah. On the flip side, you have Miss Marvel who looks up to her. We know that she's fucked up, Brie Larson. She really fucked up. Yeah. But Miss Marvel is like, oh, very whimsical. I love you. You're my hero. And she fucking realizes throughout the movie that your hero is yeah. not someone you actually want to meet. Yeah, yeah. And then Monica Rambeau is this person that's been carrying all this anger because Carol left her but yeah. when her mom died. Yeah. And she's been carrying all this anger and she's like, isn't able to unleash her powers. And then she realizes... Oh, the reason why she left is because she's been trying to fix this impossible thing. Yeah. So now you have this conflict, you have this thing that they're all dealing with. And then by the end of the movie, Brie Larson fix it, was able to fix it. And because, and she's able to fix it because she gains, she, she's able to gain inspiration from the kid that's looking up to her that she abandoned. Oh. She abandoned Monica, but she now has this new kid. Another Kamala, chance. Yeah. And then, Monica learns what Brie has done and realizes what's been holding her back is her own anger. And then she like unleashes this power that has her sacrifice herself. The moment she forgives Brie, she sacrifices and reestablishes that relationship with Carol. She has to sacrifice herself and go into another universe. And then um, Kamala has... Uh, Carol Danvers on a pedestal but then she realizes that fucking being a hero is not flowers and fucking rainbows all the time that you have to like grow up and be a fucking real person the hard choices right so that's how you fucking do this oh okay that's great but who do they fight there's no bad guy I didn't hear a bad guy you fight you fight Darben oh it's still Darben so you start the movie yeah and you see it from Darben's point of view okay yeah you see Hala blow up yeah and she's like this fucking lady yeah. came in, thought she was like playing God, fucked everything up. 
now you understand why Darben is the way she is yeah. and what motivates her to fucking try to kill everybody. Yeah, because of this short runtime and it, uh, like how it's stitched together, uh, she is so underdeveloped. You don't know. Well, and then you what you do at the end. About her. One more thing: you, what you do at the end is what you do for Darben is she's motivated by revenge, but then she's also motivated by her saving her people. Right at the end. Never her fucking put on this fucking this other bracelet and throw blow up because that's what all the super the villains do they they get driven mad with power yeah, and they blow up yeah yeah right yeah. so doing something stupid like that yeah you go okay I could get revenge on Carol or you like put her in a situation where I could get revenge on Carol or I can save my people and she chooses to save her people and then thus also dies. That's that's a pretty good movie. Do I watch that? It's a fucking better no, movie. Yeah, there's absolutely no pathos to the way they did it. Um, there is some kind of weird philosophy you can put in if you want to be meta about it. And so they call uh, Carol the Annihilator. Right. And so do m- many fanboys to the Marvel Universe. <laughs> She's the one that annihilated it. And she doesn't like to be called that. Yeah. She wants to be liked. Yeah. And right. so this movie is like an apology to those fanboys because oh, even even though it was made with girl power galore, they managed to not do anything that political in there. No, well, in here. but I thought that it, was absolutely right. That was a, a benefit. Is like they that you would know this or, good. Yeah, you would. It's a, no, it it's a step in the right direction yeah. because it was a movie at least about something that was happening to Carol Danvers that didn't reflect the our time and what what we're doing like yeah. it wasn't a, it wasn't enough for, uh like a a commentary on like She-Hulk on fanboys right. where you have to no, fight the yeah. fanboys at the end it, yeah it's more about so, it's character driven I, I think I think the I think the 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 edict from the, the group was don't make make it light and unfortunately I don't think you can tell the story I just said yeah and have it be like that's not a light story and you know but uh, that's the better story we will not or some variation of that right like something yeah. they had it right there it's literally there yeah they talk about her destroying hala fate and destiny yeah no not fate it's not about fate and destiny it's it's about she destroys marvel she, yeah she she destroys <laughs> <laughs> marvel she destroys a, she does she does something with the best intentions right and it backfires right and it backfires and that's when we're talking about Loki, that's what have made her a much more relatable hero, right? Like you do something with the best intentions and it actually ends up being fucking worse. I mean, how do you fix that impossible situation? They just like the way they reveal that they like glossed when that part came out. I was like, holy shit, that's huge. Like that is a huge thing that they just like spit out and gloss over and keep going. But open the movie that way. Yeah. Instead, they open it like a TV show, right? With like the cold open of the bad guy finding a bangle. Oh yeah, it's just it's just it's just straight. And what's up with the guys? The the man bun bad guy. Oh. Who's who is that man bun guy? Like oh, they, yeah. they just pulled Zach Alphanakis <laughs> and threw a fucking shirt on him and be like, okay, you're the new ba- you're the bad guy, second in charge over there. Did like you, but, what was that guy? But, so were you guys annoyed with uh, Miss Marvel? I liked the little animated opening and uh, no, I, I thought she. I mean, I could see how it was annoying. Yeah. Her parents chaperoning was a bit. Oh, but that, no, that is great. When her mom's like, Kamala, you cannot go into space, beta. What are you doing? And then they get to go to space. And I felt so bad when they were fighting in their house and their house was getting destroyed because there's like Arabic Islamic art. And it was like, it looked like my mom's house. And I was like, imagine if this happened. To my and then mom's they're house. just going to move to Louisiana. Now they're going to live. Yeah. Now well, they live. I in- mean, you're. 
you're, you're, Carol's you're house. just glossing over the fact that what the hell is Nick Fury bringing them into space for? <laughs> yeah, he brings Why them into space. Why are they even space? in space? Why is Nick Fury comic relief? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that shit was funny, though, where she's like, I touched it. And oh he's like, did I tell you not to touch shit? And then when Amr is praying, he, he's like, are you praying? He's like, don't he's stop. Playing, he's playing <laughs> so goofy. a goofy version yeah. of Nick Fury. Just ignore the fact he went through this traumatic thing in Secret Invasion just like a month ago. He's making out with aliens and shit. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I wrote down that it felt like at some point they were doing like a Spaceballs thing. <laughs> it was space. It was Spaceballs. Okay, having said that, 100%. let's get to the two divisive scenes. But Those. some some of this fun, some of that made the movie fun. And yeah, it is ridiculous. The first one, the planet, the musical planet, where everybody has to communicate by song and dance, apparently. And I feel like that was wasted. If you're going to put that in the movie... Make it make it really count. Like it was, they just like they they did like a very terrible job with that. I don't think it was executed well at all. I will agree. I love the idea. I wish there was more, like a like a half a song at least. Like they barely. It was very half hearted. It wasn't yeah. even. It was quarter hearted. It wasn't even like even anywhere near where it should. From the been. trailers, I was expecting like a Bollywood choreographed. Just don't do thing. it. Just don't do so, it. It's yeah. not like do it. Taika Waititi, James Gunn, but they have yeah, it was a little. Not. Yeah. And I mean, it's somewhat funny, somewhat. But when you think about like what they like, you can tell the movie's so cut. Like yeah. people appear in places. There's one scene where Monica Rambeau is fighting on Saber and then they cut and she's in front of Miss Marvel's house. Like she's literally at the door. Like it just... <laughs> They cut everything. They like cut so many things. So you're cutting all this, but then you have this like ten minute song bit. Like it just, what is that? I don't. I don't. I just don't understand that. Also, Carol's married. She's been married this whole time to this dude. Yeah, and they get and she gets Prince the water, Jan. and it doesn't seem to affect anyone. It, it's like it, they were going to war, but they nothing well, happened. Right? Yeah. So like, yeah, that's a good point. They they go to war, and then they just leave that planet. And we have no idea what happened to no, them. No, they were getting their water sucked <laughs> off the planet, and they just so fucking are we, left. Are we? Did they all die? Yeah, I don't know. But we, but, but nobody knows. Nobody knows. That they was, don't care. Don't yeah, they know. Just okay, the other scene that I was <laughs> and that would have been like, and it, there's something to mind there too with like her being in this marriage with this guy, and apparently this guy's like a big Korean actor. And yeah, like, yeah. They, they just there was to nothing there. to it. They wrong. just wanted to make her a Disney princess, they, and they did. They succeeded at that. Okay. Let's move on to the other crazy thing. This is kind of so the movie at times reminded me a little bit of Guardians of the Galaxy, a little bit of Star Wars, a little bit of Star Trek. This was a very Star Trek thing. And just it to put in this plot where these fucking eggs start showing up on Saber. And, you know, of course, she has that's, that's definitely she has like the flirk. And it's like the Tribbles, right? In the Star Trek the, episode. Yeah, they that was definitely tacked on. That tacked was like reshoots. But so these eggs are goose babies and tiny flurkin cats come out. And then the scene where to escape, they have to get everyone inside the pocket dimension of the flurkins. They're swallowing up the crew and it's all in uh, no gravity set to the tune of memory from cats. I was laughing my ass off. That shit is funny. It's a come funny on. scene on its own. Nobody under the age of like twenty like, oh five is gonna even know what that, that is. is hilarious. Funny scene on its own, but here here's the two of my flaws with yeah. it. One, remember rug said it tacked on. Yeah. That it, yeah. This egg thing comes out of nowhere. Yes. You, you need to put that in the beginning. Yeah. You need to like do some sort of build to that. Okay. Secondly, 
why the fuck do I give a fuck about anyone on Saber? We're literally dealing with that scenario. <laughs> yeah, I hope yeah. Kamala's or, parents yeah. die. Literally that or the sun <laughs> being sucked up. Yes. Who cares about this? <laughs> why are we cutting to this? Because Kamala's family is there. We, I need to know they're but safe. But if the sun gets sucked up, yeah, it doesn't matter. It's bad. It's bad. <laughs> There's no planet that... Well, Actually, there is a planet. So that's where this fucking story falls apart. There actually is a planet where you can live without a sun. It's called Hala. Yeah, they but <laughs> apparently, if you can, in Earth, it's a big deal if the sun goes away. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we got to see. And Ron, this is a yeah, dumb it, movie, it is, man. It is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. To me. Okay, 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 okay. Let's see what you guys feel about this. We got a couple of cameos and some big breadcrumbs. And finally, them kind of pointing into directions of what they're going to do. The first I knew, and here's the thing: two of these cameos uh, were kind of spoiled. I kind of knew we talked about them. Yeah, I think you talked about them. one was not spoiled, and it surprised me. I'm gonna start with: we get Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie. Oh, you're she, talking about that? Yeah, that's, that's that. Nothing. That look, that's one of the three counts. She oh, shows up. Okay. She's the head of Asgard. She takes all the Skrulls. This whole Skrull thing too. Like they couldn't find them a planet now, but they Tarnax got destroyed. Whatever. They're gonna live on Asgard. But didn't it seem like Carol and and uh, Valkyrie well, that could have been thing. better too. So, just real quick, yeah, you have the Kree, you have the scroll, like in this better, in this, in a better movie, yeah. The Kree and Skull are negotiating, right? And because the Kree need a home, and Carol's, the better movie is Carol shows up and they like explain this. She shows up with good intent, but it actually fucks things up even more. So she keeps fucking up. Mm. That's kind of in the movie, yeah. But they don't really, they they're not really focused on the fact. The, the movie actually doesn't really give a shit about the fact of like making Carol a flawed character. Yeah. It just was like, she's just like, oh, I don't want to be called the Annihilator. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. Well, they were at a, they had a moment when they were trying to save the refugees. Yeah. And Kamal's like, you're just letting people die. Yeah. And they never, they never talk about it again. Right. Right. Yeah. That's where I thought she was going to be like, this is where you got to make the hard choices if you want to do this. But no, they just kind the of movie's not concerned about that. Take off. They want to keep it light and breezy. Light. So did it also seem like Valkyrie and Carol or maybe a thing? Something going on there? Seemed to be well, little... Carmen said it best as, <laughs> as uh, what's her name? <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy. I actually didn't see. I didn't notice any sort of I thought okay. it looked like it was a platonic relationship. Okay. Yeah. The second cameo, what in some cases would have been a, a end credit scene. It's weird. And it happens. Definitely tacked on right as the movie ends. We just cut to Kamala Khan pulling a Nick Fury <laughs> waiting in the darkness for Kate Bishop. I was like, I liked holy it a lot. shit, Kate Bishop. And she's I liked it. That was great. She's got the little iPad with everybody's information. And she's like, I'm forming a team. I uh, lucky the pizza dogs there. I was not expecting this. The Young Avengers is uh, something they are leading to. I'm finally I'm so glad that they're starting to put this together because this could be a great group of people. I liked it. I thought it was funny. Yeah, that was great. That was good. I was not expecting to see Haley Steinfeld. Rugs, any comment on that? Excited for Young Avengers. I, I'm looking forward to seeing Haley Steinfeld run again. I guess. <laughs> Awkwardly. I, I wish it would have been a, um, a credit scene, but whatever. Because it doesn't really tie the end. I, I don't know why it's at the end of the movie. I know. It is, it is weird. It is awkward. It does bring another TV show uh, to the screen, debut to the screen. And then the mid credit well, scene. B- yeah. B- before you get to that mid credit scene, can we talk about the scene that leads to this mid credit scene? Uh, yeah. Oh, yes. What happens so, at the end of the movie? Again, I, Monica Rambeau is supposed to be like a very relatable character. And she is like, that's one of her defining traits is like, 
she's normal amongst yeah. these yeah. people. But for whatever reason, they write her to be like now Dusex Monic Monica. Yeah. Like can figure out everything right on the spot. So she closes the portal. <laughs> but she closes it and she like knew the whole time she's on the other she's side. She's gonna be on their side. Yeah. And Brie Larson like is emotional about it, but like there's been no build to this that she one, she could even do this. Two, what are the implications? So like it's not an emotional moment, even though they play it up to be. Yeah. Um but then because of this, she's trapped in another universe, which leads to this. Fucking she scene. seals the jump point from the other side. I mean, she becomes like the full like photon character in the comics. That's what happens. She like becomes light, but yeah, it all happens very quickly. All of a sudden, what is her what is her power set? Uh, she said it. <laughs> she can manipulate light, shoot light, phase through. I thought her phasing powers were well used in the fight scenes. You know, where she could just walk through. Uh. Miss Marvel hardens light, so that she means can you control can light. Clear. Really that sure. means you, if you get really sure. punched with more energy, you can you can absorb, hold it. I don't know. I don't. Know. You, no, you can um, break cracks in the space time continuum. Uh, just, you can know. seal cracks. Also, I thought it was interesting. Like Kamala didn't have right. Kamala didn't have her. Who made all these? Who made all those cracks? Who made all those like fucking hexagons? Why don't they? Why aren't they fixing it? Where are the people who made them? There's other uh, jump points, and then there's like... Was it Nick Fury that made those? Probably Saber. No, it was, uh, wasn't it Darben? She was using it. She was making the unstable ones, but then they have actual stable ones that they use oh, that are like... Got it. Whatever. I wish I knew more about the damn Kree. Wasn't right. that thing that she's holding her hand, Ronan the Accused, isn't that thing you get blown yeah. up in the... Yeah. Yeah. That, that's another... Sorry. Wait, which thing? But that's another thing. So she has the... the, the um, the weapon. The weapon. But yeah. She has the bangle. Yeah. Like what? What do you use? Bo- I, I, like why does she have both? You slam them both together, and it does something else. <laughs> yeah. And know. what does it happens when you slam them together? But now Kamala has both of the bangles. Is that where we right? They went out there. It was floating. That's right. She killed what herself. doesn't she blow up? Because she is connected to them somehow. And why was one bangle in the ten rings? Why does thing one bangle work on the other bangle person? Is, oh, was uh, in space. Kamala doesn't need the bangle, does she? No, she didn't. She didn't have him. She it unlocked her latent mutant abilities. She was charging up Photon or Monica without the bangles. And I was like, oh wait, she don't even need the bangles. So are we gonna have Quasinart? Yeah, they're, Quasinart? they're all them bands, quantum right? bands. That was a big name yeah. drop. They actually. Yeah, you get the Nega bands, the Cuisinart bands. Okay, sorry. You anyway, she seals cameo. up. The last thing we see, she seals up the crack in the, the universe on the other side, and then she wakes up in a hospital, and who is next to her but Lashana Lynch playing her mom, who we saw last in uh, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, where she was Captain Marvel in that universe. In this universe, she's calling her mom. She's emotional. She's like, Mom, uh, she is binary. And then we hear fucking Kelsey Grammer's voice, and you see Beast walk by in a lab coat. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. It was totally spoiled last week. That was the rumor we heard, and I said it. And it fucking happened, and she's... So she is now in a, a presumably the Fox X-Men universe stuck there. Binary also was a character Carol Danvers was in the comics. when She joined the X-Men and well lost her memory or some shit and got different powers. But now it's her mom. And the Beast of the X-Men is there. Holy shit, comment. I love both of these last two things in the movie. That's why it kind of like saved it a little bit that they did this. I was like, oh shit, finally, we're getting something. Yeah, I, I liked, I mean, I liked Beast. Don't get me wrong. Um, I thought it was a cool cameo. Um, I think the problem with it, though, is 
that it literally felt they wrote the ending to get to the cameo. Sure. <laughs> like the ending doesn't really make any sense and isn't emotionally hitting. Mm-hmm. Like you can make that ending better mm-hmm. by doing by doing the work and and building to this, you know, like I told you earlier, where Monica now realizes what Bree had to do. They finally connect, but when they finally connect, she has to unleash her power because she's let go of her anger and they disconnect because of it. But they kind of do that because they do have a conversation and they do have a, you know, a, a heart to heart and kind of see each other. And then just when they've reconciled, she gets taken away, right? And sacrifices. So now, I don't know. But the movie is not focused on that. No, no it not, happens so quickly. Without any Everything kind happens of, really quickly. Could it? What? Do you think it should have been longer? I love the runtime, though. At the same time, yes, it's chopped to shit. But at least it wasn't like Ant-Man, Quantumania long. That worked. If you take out that stupid dance number, you got another 10 minutes. You put something else in. I, and I the flurkin thing, you got another 20 minutes. I'm happy with the runtime if what they what else they shot was shit. Yeah. I'm not happy with the runtime if they actually were had a different movie. Sure. And decided not to do that. Um, Regarding the X-Men cameo, I, I liked it. Um. The only issue I have, and now I'm, this is racking up, and it's, I think we talked about this last week too, might have been Rugs or UM Run, but it felt like the phase ones through three, those cameos were always leading to like the next movie. Right. Or one of, something was already happening that was going to, but this is another cameo where, um, we're, okay, let's go with Shang-Chi 2. When is that happening? Yeah, never. I don't know. Are we seeing Harry Styles ever? In a movie for Eternals cameo, yeah, all of those the Hercules, the Hercules yes, cameo, all of those have nothing. Doctor um, Strange with fucking what's her Doctor name? Doctor Strange with Charlize, Charlize Theron. Theron. When are we seeing that? What was that? That was um, an incursion too. That was an incursion. Um, the new Guardians team. When are we seeing that? Uh, Young Avengers. That's not on the next lineup. No, that's not even X Men. Yeah. That's not announced. Yeah. None of these things are announced. When are we seeing this? What is this building towards? Yeah, that is a problem. Are this all supposed to wrap up in Secret Wars? Yeah, if it, that's what I'm. The, once you read them we have all, Deadpool is the next movie. What is this all building for the towards? buzz? It's all it is the clickies. Deadpool is yeah. going to have more multiversal shit, and then maybe but, like remember the 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 phase ones through three. You yeah. get a cameo yeah. where it'd be like, here's the next thing. Like end of Ant Man is like oh Winter Soldier is like stuck in this thing and yeah. they have to like call Ant Man like how, that was the next movie. I saw Thor's hammer in the sand. Yes, and that was the next movie. Yeah, that was great. That was great. Nothing yeah. like these are all over. I don't the place. know. Yeah, no, you're right. If I get all over the place, <laughs> so it's cool to have the cameo, but if it's not really like if there's nothing even announced, you know, and we we know what 2024 and 2025 are supposed to look like. Yeah, so it's going to be at least two years before. We see anything I just said. Yeah, I still think we're like five years away from fucking X-Men, anything. They're just dropping a little hint. But now, look, it's another. The, she's a mutant. We saw Professor X. We saw Kelsey Grammer. They're it's just, coming. Yeah, very slowly. But you're right. All, know, just, all of those are just, all over the place. And I'm, I mean, yeah, I'm still waiting for him. What, when's Shang-Chi 2 going to be announced? What about the, like, the Ten Rings and who ha- and how they're connected? I feel like they're connected to these fucking bangles also. Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi 2 had the, the rings being like a beacon to something. Right. It was sending a signal somewhere. Who was it sending That movie to? was three years ago. Yeah. Two, two or three years ago. What has he been doing this whole time? Well, it's not that. It's just time. I mean, yeah. the next Shang-Chi. I don't, we're not going to see yeah. Shang-Chi till at least 2026. Right. Till like That's Secret six, Wars. Or- five years. 
But I still feel like this actually moves some things forward a little bit. But it is pointing all like the branch realities and they have right now in Loki. This is what is happening. These things are branching out all over. Um, right. They got to kind of wield them back. Yeah, I mean, they're doing the time. I mean, it's multiverse stuff. They need to commit to the multiverse. If they're going to multiverse, they got to go for it. Do you think having not watched the shows and you just watched this movie? That it were it would make sense. Or would you? No. I felt like I was prepared. You, if I I feel like I'd be lost if I didn't see the other shows. I saw the movie with two people that don't watch the TV shows. Uh huh. Right after I go, did you like that? They were like, yeah, it was good, but I, I, there was so much going on. I was lost a lot of time. Okay, I don't yeah, know who these characters are. And then I was like, oh, by the way, you have to watch WandaVision, Miss Marvel, Secret. <laughs> yes. v-. They were like, oh no, 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 we're not doing that. <laughs> I mean, they tried, right? They showed you clips from Captain Marvel. They showed you clips from WandaVision. They reintroduced Miss Marvel, but it's definitely they did it terribly. They, yeah, did it, they it, could have done it. So much I don't better. think it completely worked at all. And it, but it is so it's much like okay because not only do you have footage already shot of everything that you need to tell, yeah. it's already there. And then they cho- decided to do like a comic book thing yeah, that didn't yeah. really explain anything. Yeah. It just got her to be like, "Oh, I love Captain Marvel." That, that's not your that's not your origin Twinsies. story. No, like, it's not. It's, so they don't. She and she just says, "Oh, I got this from my grandma." Like they, the little bits of information they give, it's not helpful. It is definitely richer having watched all the things. So, I still can't believe you would move to Jersey City, Louisiana. You just don't do that. Yeah, that was so. Strange. I don't know one person that's like, I gotta leave Jersey and go to fucking the fucking sweatiest place on earth. That's Monica's house. So they needed a place to live and they felt bad. And they're like, why don't you just live here now and make, but they did make them uproot. Just uproot, uproot, uproot yeah, every, I mean, uproot didn't we life. just, didn't we see in Miss Marvel that they're like super ingrained yes, in the Muslim the whole community? community he just got married, right? Did her brother get yeah. married? They're in. Oh, by the way, just moved to Louisiana. What about our friends at in all? In the that? middle of the country. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In a swamp. That don't make like, it. I don't know. I don't get it. Right. It's just, uh, it's just, horrible writing it's not even i don't even know if it's writing or it's just writing plus an entirely like chopped up plot like you can tell like this one was interfered with a lot yeah yeah you can tell i mean you can just look at loki to compare to this it's just crazy yeah it's like no that the ending doesn't make any sense the characters have no character arcs there's nothing to talk about i mean it's a fun movie, but that's really just all it is. I mean, and I also feel like Miss Marvel is like the most fully fleshed out of the three still. Like they did add a little bit more to Carol, but not a lot. And I mean, she, but is, is she any different? No, she I mean, but she's gotten better at fighting, which they just show she us. She found that iPad. I think that's what changed her in the and most. Now she's like, I and I like her being like the lead in the Young Avengers. Like she's going to take it upon herself to recruit. Uh, you know, you can get Eli Bradley and the twins and. Uh, but, but if you do the thing where she understands what it that's where I'm talking about, though, if you do, if you do, I'm not a writer, so someone could do this better than me. But if you do the thing where she has a better understanding of yeah. what her hero Carol that is should have happened. I was waiting for that. to right? happen. So but if you do this thing where she understands that heroes make tough choices and sometimes like Cap says in. uh Whatever in Civil War, we try to save as many as we can. We, yeah. we, but it's not always possible. Something like that, right? Yeah. And in this movie, Carol tried saving people. Hala fucking gets into Civil War because of her, right? Yeah. So, like, if you have her understand why that happens, yeah. 
and what heroes really have to do and that it's not this idyllic thing. Yeah. Then at the end, when she's recruiting people, she's more like Nick Fury and it makes sense because Nick right. Fury is jaded. Right. Right. So right. she becomes closer to Nick Fury and then realizes, oh, man, that's so good. She, right. So then <laughs> yeah. she thinks about it and she's like, and that makes it make more sense that now she's the one recruiting everyone. But in this, although it's a funny scene. Yeah. She's still just the same person. She's like doing an impersonation. Like, and this this is like a world with more superheroes than you already know. And yeah. she's like, it's it's played for laughs. But it really makes no sense why she It seems like she, she just wants to it. do it because she's this is it's fun for her. Right. It's like making a rock band. Or, hey, anybody want to join my band and we can rehearse in the garage? Right. I mean, that, that's an okay motivation. Yeah. But there's a better motivation there if you do the work. Uh, well, but I did enjoy her enthusiasm is a little bit infectious. Like I did enjoy the fact that she was just happy to be there and was like amazed. Like a normal person would be that all this shit is happening to her. Holy shit. Oh, no, that's fine. You and know. she can be she can, you can still be an enthusiastic character, mm. but have like battle scars. Spider-Man's like that. Yeah. 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 Spider-Man's still an awesome, like a very fun loving character. Yeah. But he's got shit ton of scars. Yeah, He's got baggage. She's got she's not there yet. In her, and I thought they were they kind of like, like you said, all these things, they hint at it and then they just fucking move on. I thought they were going to do that. Like, don't meet your heroes thing would have been appropriate. But there's no time in, in this run time for any of that shit. No. <laughs> yeah, I think I think what happened is whoever wrote that it looks like Nia DaCosta wrote it with other people. Yeah, but three yeah, three writers, three women writers. Whatever they put out They just cut shit. out all of what Nia DaCosta did and then they they just tried to make it a movie that people could enjoy yeah, in there, the theater. There, there is speculation on the internet that Nia DaCosta wrote a movie that I was talking about. Oh. A little bit more serious. Oh. And that they back. were like Yeah, that's too heavy for this. We need to cut that. I mean, it's like a it's weird that it is like a big cosmic fun adventure, but then it does get kind of intimate. But it's weird that you would do like a wacky. Well, she said it was going to be wacky and zany. I guess she was right. I remember she did say yeah. that and she wasn't lying. Uh, but it, well, it was wacky and zany to have these two scenes that are not related to the film in any way and just feel like they're shoved in there. Yeah, you could have taken, yeah, yeah the goose thing. And is. I think that if you took those scenes out, it wouldn't be a wacky movie at all. What's it in like, one of those flurkins? I wonder what that, what that feels like. <laughs> it's like this they got, pocket uh, dimension. They got a lot of nice furniture in there. Oh, you just hang yeah. out and fucking smoke joints. Yeah. Like, flurkin <laughs> me. Got upholstery and everything. Yeah, is, yeah. It, is, it, is it leather? And even then, like, the flurkins swallow up everyone, but they don't swallow up Kamala's family. Like what? What use does Kamala's family not being in a flurk? And yeah. how does that help Nick Fury navigate a plane? They crash landed. Yeah, it's just everything falls on his face when you think about it. Yeah. Okay. Well, sorry, Imran. <laughs> I, but you can love it. I did enjoy this movie. <laughs> I thought let's rate it, rank it. I don't know. You can rank it amongst this year's Marvel movies or the whole thing. Um, Anthony, let's start with you. I don't know anymore. Um. I'm not going to go as heavy as uh, Ruggs did. I don't think you're a seven-year-old if you like this movie. Uh, I can understand why you like the movie. If you if you enjoy like just a, a fun, breezy time, that's what this movie is. Um, there's definitely some good chemistry amongst the main characters. Everyone's pretty likable. Um, but for reasons we just talked about, the movie does fall on its face. If you think about it, there's actually a better movie there uh, if they wanted to take some risk. Um, this movie's gonna, you know, this, no one's gonna remember this movie. Darben is just another horrible 
villain. Yeah, it's another villain fail for sure. It's 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 the entanglement thing is fun, but I think they revolved the movie around that and had nothing else really to lean on. I'm gonna go five out of ten. Mm, okay, not horrible. Yeah, just not good either. I think I said that in my review. Uh, yeah. and I think I have it like in the thirties. I mean, I mean, it's not it's not one of the best movies. Oh, in Marvel's the thirties, that's the bottom. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah like twenty nine, twenty eight, somewhere mm. around there. Mm. Okay, rugs. I don't think this is the worst Marvel movie. You think that's Love and Thunder by by far? Um, even though it does have these two extraneous scenes that don't quite fit with the movie and really make it a lot more wacky and disjointed than it needs to be. I felt like it was entertaining at least, and there was good chemistry and uh, it moved by quickly and it was over quickly. So all those things made the experience not as painful as I thought it was going to be. Um, with that said, it is a fucking stupid movie. It is really dumb and it's made for little kids. Basically it feels like a little kitty movie. Because kitty movies do it all the time. They don't explain anything. They just kind of gloss over yeah. it. And, and yeah, look over here now. Uh, we're going to have a fight scene It's almost scene like now. an 80s this, movie or something, here's right? Cats. In, the, in yeah, that they sense. They, they're, not really, they're not really stopping and in, in, in maximizing the emotional weight of anything. Um, the All the storylines are just mediocre at best. This is like a comic book. Like a throwaway comic book that you'd get, maybe an annual. Yeah, where you yeah. would like, it would be like a one a story they do an annual, and then you'd never see it again. It's not like something that you remember. It's not like a major event story. It's not like a uh, it's not like a distillment of a giant a classic run of Captain Marvel because there is none because right. they get canceled all the time. Right. Uh, so it is very forgettable. Uh, I think it's about five and a half. Uh, but like, if you're a little kid, you might like this <laughs> or you're brain dead or like Imran. Come on. Oh, like. come on. <laughs> there's the thing. Similar. It's a, there, There's enjoyable things to there it. So. I mean, like I said, I was having fun. I was smiling. I was laughing. I was entertained. Similar to Ant-Man Quantumania. It felt like reading a comic book. I like it a little better than Ant-Man just because it's shorter. And I do agree with you, Rugs. It's better than Thor: Love and Thunder. Uh, it 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 has a kind of a style. I appreciate the style and Kamala and her family. Really, I it saved a lot of the movie for me. The chemistry is great. Everything you guys said. Uh, it's breezy. It's fun. The action scenes are inventive. It, but when you think about it, it is a mess. It is a mess. But it's fun. Like a TV episode is fun, and you just move on. I'm gonna give it a six and a half. That seems respectable. And as for, I mean, this year, Guardians, clearly number one. I will put this second favorite out of this year over Ant-Man, I think. Uh, seeing Kamala on the big screen really did a lot for me. Like hearing the Urdu and I'll say all the Islamic Muslim stuff was like, I was like, oh, my God, look at this. This shit is on the big screen. Uh, so I applaud them for that. But it's not the worst. It's not the best. I don't know. It's bit. Sorry for shitting on Imran. You can like it. It's okay. I like. I, I kind of. I kind of. This thing. I kind of like. I like the. I like, like it, it better than the fucking original Captain Marvel. Yeah, it's better yeah. than that one too. So, 
There you go. Because it doesn't do it. It just tries to tell a fun story. Yeah. It just doesn't do it well. Yeah, but I mean, it, the, it the, tried. The, the original Captain Marvel is not good. This one's better just because it actually takes like no risk. <laughs> the, the original yeah. Captain Marvel yeah. took like some risk. It just didn't work out. Yeah, yeah. Right. They do this like amnesia storyline and make Carol like kind of this defiant person that's like somewhat unlikable. This one, they're just like, oh, there's there's some semblance of risk. Take it out and make it funny. I don't think it's a shame because I don't think it deserves this low box office. It is a shame the timing of this movie and, you know, what has happened with there was a strike and all this baggage and Marvel where it is. No, it's like not the worst movie I've ever seen, but it does. If you analyze it, you can see a lot of the problems that Marvel's having. Yeah, I think the 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 Marvel movie method of like tinkering with stuff that they learned from Iron Man. Yeah, I think. We saw the good side of it. By now, I think we're seeing the bad side. I think, I think what happened here too is, or I think what's what's happening with a lot of Marvel stuff. This one, um, fucking Ant Man, Quant or Man Ant Man, Quantumania, is I think they're taking the wrong lesson from the original Iron Man. I think they greenlight a lot of these scripts. Yeah, and the script isn't even done. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like I think they, I think they like greenlit, greenlight these ideas, and that part of it's also what Ruggs has been saying for a long time is they have these previs where they've scheduled out stuff, so the movie's revolving around the the previs, and then like a half script, and then they just start shooting. Yeah, and that's that's the problem is because all I think that's the worst thing to do. Yes. I think you have to have the script first. Yes. All this no. shit should have been that, fixed do in that. the script. Before you shoot one fucking thing, the script right? has to be ironclad yeah. before they even do any previs. Yeah. They have to have a good script that they could like that works as a stage play, right? Without mm-hmm. any effects. And you think about all the shit we heard about Blade has been written like five fucking times. Like that, what is going to come out? It's like you be should mess. be able to go to a table read of that fucking film yeah. and and be affected emotionally because of what they're doing, even if it's an action film or whatever, it, it should be on the page. It should not be some fucking buddy already like locking you into this thing here. Cause when you do that, you start putting all these barriers of where you can go and what you can do. And now you're like, Oh, we already visualized this whole, this whole scene. And then you have to take it out. No, write the whole script first, make sure that that works. And then start developing for that exact script. And then I think things will be 10 times better. Like, yeah, I agree. Like, they, they, they got let, away from it. They got away with it for so long that yeah. they just have continued well, to do it. Like Stan Lee came up with the Marvel method where he would tell the artist to draw whatever they want and he would put the word balloons in later. Which is crazy. Mm-hmm. He would, yeah. Which is like, it only works for him. Yeah, and they're trying mm-hmm. to do the same Anybody thing. Anybody else tries that, yeah. you're going to get fucking, do- Rob Layfield tried that. It did not work. <laughs> All right? So it just it just goes to show, you can't just bullshit your, like, Stanley was a genius. You could say whatever you want about him, but like, he was a fucking genius, yeah, I tell you. Yeah. <laughs> but like, there's a reason he had lightning in a bottle. So you can't just be like, okay, this is it's worked on Iron Man, which was again lightning in the bottle, and uh, expected to keep striking every time. I think that they got lucky a few times with it, and uh, I don't think it works. You can't just apply the same way of doing things. 
to every movie. Hey, you know? There you go. Excelsior. That's Fucking right. You, what you can do, you can clearly tell the movies that like have been fucked with and the movies that haven't. Yeah. Or even the TV shows, right? Yeah. Like we can just compare right now. James Guardians, Guardians Galaxy 3. It was pretty much his vision. Was not fucked, fucked with, with, yes. Right? Yeah. But this one yeah. definitely got fucked with. Yeah. Quantumania got fucked with, yeah. right? Yeah. Like these are just the releases from this year. We can go yeah. back to other stuff too. But like you can see what gets fucked with, what doesn't. And more often than not, the stuff that gets fucked with lately has just not been working. I think when they start hiring these directors just to fill a quota and not that they're interested in the material or or then they have these they lean on these previous guys even more. One hundred percent. They lean on this stuff even more. Like, oh, remember the lady that they were going to hire? And she's like, I want to do the action. She's like, no, we already do it. We do do those right. alone. And she's like, I don't want to do this movie. Yeah. So there you go. Like that was the how, uh, direct Patty Jenkins. Oh right, yeah. well, that was Patty Jenkins, huh? I think so. So, yeah. so like, yeah. What is that? What is that? Like, you director needs to be creative, and if you're hiring somebody without any confidence that they can do these action scenes, don't hire them. Well, what's interesting from reading the book is there's some directors that are able to navigate that and right. like and do well in that environment. And some aren't. So, like for example, John Watts is good out, at it. Also, the Russos. So the yeah. Russos are yeah. very. Um, they say in the book the Russos are very like open to feedback and collaborative. But then there's other directors that they'll hire that um, just either get walked all over or just don't. You know, they don't have a a story in mind that they want to tell, like James Gunn. So like, yeah, it's just interesting the Marvel like who who thrives in it and who doesn't. And clearly, Naya DaCosta. Yeah. Did not thrive. In I this think uh, the guys uh, Moorhead and Benson, just Moorhead and Aaron Benson, who did Loki and Moon Knight. Like, I think you give them something. Give them a movie. They seem to be able to navigate it well. Also, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just weird. It just, uh, yeah. I think you believe in directors. Believe in the whole process. Don't let just some. I don't know. I feel like that. It's also a bad idea to have the same people planning out all your action sequences. Yeah, like I like I like different voices in yeah, action. I like to see yeah. different people do action because it's different every time, and it's it's more fun. It's become cookie cutter. Yeah, th- I mean, this is very, as the kids say, mid mid everywhere, but mid I, mid action, mid comedy. I feel like Nia DaCosta did have a little bit of stylistic touches on here. Where just in like the um. Just in the comedy and the uh, I don't know, it felt a lot like Miss Marvel, the TV show, like exactly uh, at parts. Uh, I had the visuals, the colors. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't see it. Anyways, look, I see a movie that's been pretty hacked. Yeah. Yeah. I feel very I feel like a lot of very produced. It's very disjointed. um, Yeah. Well, yeah, there's a there's a new I mean, I don't know if the book mentions this, but it's more produced. I feel like it's more produced than directed. Well, there's a there's you a whole thing out. now. It's called like the Marvel Parliament that like goes in and like reshapes the movies. If needed. I hate that. Fuck. All right. Well, look, we've, it's like slapping lipstick on a pig. Let's find out what the listeners thought. And news from the nation. <laughs> it's not for news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
It stinks. It stinks. It stinks. Ah, yeah. I mean, it's just like a weird time for Marvel right now, and it's crazy to see it like this. But what, can I say this? Like, on the go for it. If there's a graph, a quality graph running right now of the MCU, we are at the bottom, right? It's down. And then Guardians comes out. It spikes a little. I think this thing, if anything, it goes up a little bit. It's a little blip up, up from up from Guardians. No, after Gar. Uh, no, no, it would spike at Guardians and then come back down and then go up a little bit. Not up from Gar. It's down from Guardians, but up from Ant Man. It would be in between. I think I I would put it on par with Ant Man. Okay, so more tied but, with Ant Man. But Loki. Here's the thing. Yeah, Loki that yeah. came out. Yeah. Problem is, it was a TV show. Not as many people saw. Well, here's a good thing. No one saw this either. No, oh, yeah, no one saw this. No one saw Miss <laughs> Marvel. Like a show that no one saw led to a movie that so no one saw. Maybe, maybe you just, yeah, maybe. Just, Do you think you it, it has no legs right now? Even we just said the actors can promote it. Do you think that's going to help it at all? No, no I, I, I think, think, I think this legs. one. I think I think we're at a really dark period. Man, that's bad. That it literally comes in as the lowest fucking opening weekend. Yeah, they blew it. All time. You blew it. Okay, Blake Braden. Let's find out what some of our listeners thought. They might find this interesting. Blake Braden says the Marvels wasn't bad. Was it the greatest thing out there? No, but it was entertaining, and it was smart to keep it under two hours. It moves quickly, gets directly to the point. Unfortunately, Marvel puts out another faceless, forgetful villain, but I enjoyed it. It's not a mess. It's obviously been trimmed and cut, but nothing that truly makes it a mess. Some of the dialogue and scenes have been Disneyfied, but they are owned by Disney. So. I think it's a mess. Okay. He did, did not think it was a mess. Okay. Lisa Morrison says, I thought Wait, it was. Can I point out one other messy thing? Yes. We go? There, yes. There's another scene where um, at the end where the Marvels just show up on um, the ship to confront Darben. Yeah. They just show up. Yeah. And, but the whole time before that, Darben had clearly like had a posse with her. Yeah. What happened to that? And then this, why, she was why, just how did they just show up on the ship? Where were they right was before Darben that? just sitting on that ship by herself? Where's Man Bun Boy? Yeah, where's, your, where's Man Bun Boy? Yeah, where's Zach Galvanakis? It's all your people. So, like, is it that easy to just infiltrate the ship? Yeah, I, I guess. How do they? Yeah, they flew them out there. I don't remember where they were right before that, but yeah, that is weird. It's just it's just a lot of scenes like that. Yeah. We're just that you can tell the connective tissue between things has just been cut. Is this worse than the Flash? Oh no no no! The Flash okay. is horrible. Okay, the Flash, the Flash has some of the, the the worst CGI you'll ever see. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Rug might think so. I think the Flash is worse because it's one, it's like horrific CGI, and two, it's like the worst kind of pandering to the crowd ever. You're yeah. gonna fucking CGI. Yeah, it's offensive. Uh, Adam West it's gotta be worse. And Christopher Reeves. Yeah. That movie's a mess. That's horrible. <laughs> Fuck that movie. Uh-huh. Okay, wait, Rugs, you mentioned this movie. What about Blue Beetle? Better or worse? Oh, I thought it, Blue Beetle was a little better than that, but yeah, the story. I think Blue, Blue, Beetle, was Blue Beetle. I think Blue Beetle's way better. Yeah, I think yeah. the story makes more sense over there. No, he broke it down, <laughs> story wise. Okay, Lisa Morrison said, "I thought it was fun. Definitely didn't mind the shorter runtime. As a cat lover, <laughs> I was thrilled. So she enjoyed the flirting scene." Okay. Rick Martinez says, like GI Joe: The Rise of Cobra, I went in with low expectations and wound up liking it. I agree it was fun, but still had its cringe moments. And Daryl Cage just says it was not in any way as bad as a lot of the internet thought it would be. I like the first one. I like this one as well. But it did feel a bit short. Hey, maybe. Was, yeah. I was just going to say, maybe Marvel found something here, right? Yeah. If you 
release dog shit. Yes. But Let's everyone it thinks it's dog shit. Yeah. They like the dog shit. And they like it. Yeah. And it's almost like you're countering. A lot of it is like you're countering. I'm going the hate. to see some dog shit. And I exactly that's exactly what I got. I know I'm getting dog shit. I like this dog shit. You can like some dog shit and not like other dog shit. This has got nuts in it. Look at the corn curl. This one has corn. This is a corn. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I mean, you can like the movie. I don't. I don't. I. I get why people would like it. it it's 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 a it's an okay time at the theater. Just don't think about it. Just yeah, just don't think about it. It is a fun time. Like I, you know, if you and I think if you're a hardcore Marvel, of course you're gonna go see it. Oh yeah. Um, but it may be confusing if you have a hard. But unfortunately, if you really wanted to see Miss Marvel and Captain Marvel and Professor Marvel yeah. all together on Professor screen at the same time. That's then, then you got your wish. Yeah. You you can blow your load. And see, confidence. and that's that's kind of what I all I wanted walking in, like for them to have a fun time, and they did anyways. Anyways, they did. They did. Uh, let's finish with some. What are we watching, Anthony? You had time to watch anything fun? Oh man, I didn't get to watch Invincible. Okay, so that would be the thing that I'm still two, trying to keep yes. up with. Uh, episode. You have episode. You mean two? Oh, two right? Not yes, 12? two okay. episodes out. Uh, but other than that, no, I've been uh, busy. Um, watching a lot of froggy flips. Oh, I'm still flipping a lot of shit on right. eBay. Oh, great! I just flipped a fucking Furby for like sixty bucks. Oh my god, Furby! They're back in yeah. style. It's collector. And I've got a lot of Godzilla tapes on there. So right. for all you Godzilla fans with uh, that are fans of the hard clamshell cased Godzilla f- movies, mm-hmm. I got them. Collector stuff. Rugs, you watch anything fun? I watched a little bit of Pluto. Oh, that's the anime uh, Jose Barra recommended last week. Yeah, how was that? It's all right, yeah. it's all right. They're one hour episodes, yeah. and they're they move very slow. Okay, uh, it's good, but it's it moves very slowly, and that makes me go night night. Did you check out Blue Eye Samurai yet? <laughs> no, I'm I'm planning. Dude, on I it. finished that whole season. It's so good. It's really good. Is it good? I think you're okay. I watched Scavenger's Reign and finished that yes, one out. All twelve episodes and are out now. I after that was over, I was like, I just watched a masterpiece. It's fucking it's, great. It's it's two thousand one: A Space Odyssey yeah. in the cartoon. The end it's was amazing. Fucking great. Uh, and uh, yeah, no, it's it's very good. I love a good animated yeah. space sci-fi story. It was. It was like a Annihilation meets like it, a lot of like 2001 A Space Odyssey. Meets like it, a nature a show, things. like a Nat, Nat Geo show on an alien planet, right? Like that's yeah. some of the best shit was just him showing us the, the I mean, ecosystem. It, it was very, it was very like, like there was no cool male characters at all, yeah. which was, I found to be grating because like. I'm like, why? What's the matter with this? Like every guy <laughs> in the show just sucks. Screw. Yeah. And I'm like, what is this? Like, we're going in the opposite direction. That's the only thing I didn't like about the show. But other than that, it was fucking amazing. Dude, who thought of all those fucking aliens and inventing the whole ecosystem? It's so fucking inventive and amazing and just like legit sci-fi. Highly recommended. It's 12 episodes. They're like 20, 25 minutes each. Uh, Beautifully animated. It's the best sci-fi show you're going to watch in a while. Yeah. Yeah. It is... Uh, a triumph for HBO's animation department. I think that it is original. It looks different than a lot of different things. Uh, it's like it doesn't look like anime. It doesn't look like looks kind of like almost Studio Ghibli and Mobius yes. combined with some uh, other French. It looks very French. I'll say oh, that. Yeah. 
But uh, I want more of this. I want more shows like this. HBO Max, check it out. All right, what else you got? Uh, I watched The Killer, David Fincher's movie. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, tell us. I've been dying to see this. I did not get around to it. Is it good? It is good. It's not great to me. Maybe maybe to you it'll be great. There are, there are some cool scenes in it. Uh, Michael Fassbender's great. I don't want to tell you too much about it, but basically, obviously, it's about a killer. It's about an assassin. Right. And uh, obviously, um, an assassin's life is complicated. It's very disciplined. And um, you see the killer now have to deal with a problem that has arisen and he does it in a methodical way. And that's always interesting to see how they go about things. And I think so a lot of that stuff's great. And there is a, there is a philosophical story being told about like, um, living your life differently or making different choices in your life. And it's there, but, um, let me know when you see it, what you think. I think there's definitely for there's definitely discussions there to have. Uh, it, it it may be better on a second watch too. Where is it on the list of David Fincher movies for you? I don't know. I mean, uh, Zodiac and Fight Club are my favorite, yeah. and then and, and, and uh, of course, um, fuck, I uh, forget the name Seven. of the movie. Seven, Seven yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think those are the those are his best. Social network. Uh, social network is fucking fantastic too. Uh, yeah, that's great. I would put it under there, under the social oh, network. Okay. No, Alien three. <laughs> that is better than Alien three. That's not his fault. Mm, we went over that. Yeah. That was a mess. It's it's okay. It's not bad. Okay. Yeah, I've seen I've I've on the internet there's been a bunch of uh ranking David Fincher movies since this came out. Oh, remember Mank? We watched Mank. That's not the well, greatest. Mank is not, yeah. yeah that's not the not for us. But Mindhunter I didn't watch Mank. Don't yeah, watch it. Yeah, that's that's if you're into old Hollywood and you want to fucking jerk off Hollywood and make that movie. I'm not really interested in that, but the killer was like I'm into assassins and yeah, that, that, and I stuff mean the like title that. sounds cool. I is mean it, there is some cool stuff here. Is there it an is action really movie? Cool. Not really, well, it's no, not, not, huh? Interesting. It's it. It's more of an inaction movie. Hmm. He doesn't do anything. Was it? Because think about it. When you're killing somebody, you just sit around a lot, waiting for your opportunity to do it. Right. So they kind of explore that a little bit. It is based on a French graphic novel series called The Killer. Ooh, ooh, I want to read that. At first, I saw the the trailer and I saw those called the killer. I'm like, did David Fincher remake the killer? That would have been amazing with Chow Yun. No, they, they should have called it something else. They really didn't have to call it that. Yeah. So he doesn't slide down a banister with two guns. Oh, that's the other movie. That's that's hard the other. He does not. <laughs> he doesn't jump out a window holding a baby. That's the other. It's movie. really more of an ex- as existential film. Okay. It's more of like a movie about about an assassin. About how do you handle a problem and. What are you doing with your life? Right. There's like two action scenes. All right. There's one like that doesn't really go anywhere. And then there's one that's like a knockout drag out fight. Oh, okay. That's pretty, pretty cool. Okay. I'm going to check it and, out. And um, yeah, but it's not a wall to wall action movie. No, I'm going to check it out. Um, I also, if you're into Good sci-fi for all mankind on Apple TV Plus. Season four started. This is an incredible science fiction show. 
alternate history. Uh, this is the one where in the first season, it's the 60s, the Russians beat us to the moon. And it's all about an alternate history of NASA and the U.S. government. And every season, they go to a different decade. So it was like the 60s. Season two was the 80s. Last season was the 90s. They're in the 2000s now. Uh, where they're colonizing Mars and such. But it's fucking great, dude. It's such a good show. I wish I could have the energy to you watch sh- all of that. Would like, it's from the guy who did Battlestar Galactica. What's his name? It's the same. Yeah, I know. The reboot. Fuck, man. It's fucking it's phenomenal. It's just a big show. I got to watch it. And great sci-fi. Uh, speaking of Netflix, though, that the killer's on out this week. Uh, Scott Pilgrim on Netflix. Mm. November 17th, the anime. I know Anthony's yeah. excited. Yeah. Uh, other things to watch. Monarch, Legacy of Monsters. Friday, November 17th. Get your Godzillas in. Apple TV Plus. Godzilla show is coming out. And then that movie, uh, Blue Beetle, we talked about, will be on Max. If you haven't seen it, cool. check it out on Max. Also this Friday. A lot of, And then I think the Squid Game game show starts the following week. <laughs> it's a lot of fun things. Lots of good stuff. A lot of fun things to watch, So. Yeah, we might uh, discuss Monarch next week. I'm excited to see the Godzilla show. I'm I'm totally stoked right. to check it out. Well, that's yeah, it. I'm, yeah, we'll talk about that and maybe some Invincible. Yeah, episode two is good. There'll be a third one. Um, but uh, yeah, that's a solid show. All right, that's it for this week. Rugs, where can the listener find you online? Uh, really, Rug Boy on X. X him out over there. X. Check out the episode description for links to everything, how to connect, how to stay in touch, how to support. Most importantly, share the show with your friends, listener. Thank you for listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's a nerd. We'll beep you later. You blew it. Oh, I don't have that one. That's I want from head up land. Throw my fish no, it's Adam Sandler also. You blew it. No, it's Robert De Niro. He says it's the... Sylvester Stallone in Copland. Talking nerd. Thing I offered you a chance to be a cop, and you blew it. <laughs>